Welcome so to my basement, everybody, especially you, Tommy Tellerico. How you doing, buddy? Good. Is that the same basement I used to sleep in back in the old days? Or is no, that a new, new basement? Oh, you upgraded. Okay. Uh, yeah, a little bit of an upgrade. A few more toys on the shelf. You you haven't been to this basement. I haven't been to this basement, yeah. no. How you been, man? Happy New Year. I know. It's great. Fantastic. Let's test Shannon. Are, are you watching us on YouTube? Are we live? Are you see? Yes. Click the YouTube link. See if it's working. It is yeah. working. Oh, cool. that's cool. So how do people comment? Where can we see people's comments? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know where people You've can comment. Done, I th well, I think if uh, they're watching the Hangout, they can do Q&A. Uh, so I think they have to go to the... Uh, we've got 27 viewers right now. I uh, think they have to go to um, the Google Plus page, EPN's Google Plus page, and they can join the Q&A that way. I think they can. I'm not sure. So, Let's so right now people can just watch us on YouTube? They can watch us, and I don't know. If can they, they comment? Can they comment from YouTube? I don't. I don't. You know, dude, this is the first time I've ever done yeah. this, so I, I don't know. Can no. You can you she see if Shannon no. can comment? What is that? It says comments are disabled for this video. Oh, that's BS. So how do we do that? How do we fix that? Um, I don't know. I don't know how to fix it. Well, how do people get into? Uh, how do people get into Google Hangouts? And they just got to um, click can, on can the you, EPN what's uh, it called? logo. Click on the EPN logo. Where the hell is that? In the top right-hand uh, part of the, the screen up there, I think. And they can they can go to our uh, Google on, Plus. on YouTube? On YouTube, yeah. So try that, Shannon. Click the EPN TV logo. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait. There. Whoa, we got people. What year, what year is this, asked Mr. Henry. This is 2016. Yes. Hey, can you see this? Alex from Calgary. Yo, yes, we Alex, can. Okay, cool. Yes. So, uh, and you can ask here. Mr. Henry, tell us uh, tell us in a question how you did this so we can tell everybody because we've never done this before. And while you do that, while you type that in, in the uh, we see you, Kasumi-chan. Uh, let's find out what Tommy Tellerico has been up to in 2015. Okay, so let me see. 2015 was a crazy, um, a crazy year with video games live. I'm gonna let me see. I'm gonna, I'm gonna multitask and go on because because I can't even remember all the places we did. Like 50, <laughs> we did 50 shows. Uh, so we started the year in Mannheim, Germany. We yep. played the SAP Arena, which was like 20,000 people, um, and then we went to Lorain, Ohio. I talk about culture shock and then new york city we played the big beacon theater uh and then we started our big canadian tour edmonton calgary montreal toronto ottawa three shows in halifax then went to boston and then indiana and then straight to munich germany and vienna austria for the first time glasgow scotland berlin germany dublin ireland <laughs> had a couple weeks off then and hit oklahoma city then do you bring uh, the models of stonehenge with you Still, or yeah, uh, the models is no, no, we couldn't, we had to stop doing that. Oh, so what? what so, you, you, how Shannon, many? Shannon's asking, Why do you have my bum itches? Yeah, why do you have my bum itches? <laughs> okay. It's very professional, and I think you've said that many times on ET. My, my bum uh, so, out of all those places that you went to, the best place, the place that sticks in your mind, what's the, what's the place that you, uh, you hold had on, the best show? 
I'm only halfway done. Uh, Oklahoma City, Fort Worth, Texas, Prague, oh, Czech Jesus. Republic, <laughs> Melbourne, Australia, Sydney, Australia, Shanghai, China, Amarillo, Texas, Cedar Park, Texas, Seattle, Washington for the big key arena Dota 2 championships, Red Rocks in Colorado, four shows in Cologne, Germany during the, uh, the Gamescom, two shows in Beijing, China, Shanghai, China, Shenzhen, China, Sao Paulo, Brazil, Taipei, Taiwan. Hold that thought for one sec. I'm just going to ans answer Alex Snell. Yes, we can see this, so please keep your uh, questions uh, happening on the Google Hangout app that you can watch this on. Yes. Don't ask us how you get to that Google Hangout app, though, because <laughs> all we could figure out was YouTube. Okay, go ahead, Tommy. Hong Kong, Frankfurt, Germany, Hamburg, Germany, and Katowice, Katowice, Poland. So those are all the places wow. that we went. So you asked me though, what was my favorite one? There were there were two. The, the, my most favorite show was this year when we played Red Rocks with the Colorado Symphony. We had 200 people on stage and it's Red Rocks. I mean, That's this is amazing. like you two live from Red Rocks. I mean, and you, the rocks were just amazing. There was like six or 7,000 people there. But we flew in because it was such a big show. Like as a musician, that's like a, you know, that's like a, a, a bucket list item is to play Red Rocks. So Russell Brower, the audio director of Blizzard, flew in. Uh, Laura Flutelink and Travia was, was in. Um, the uh, Austin Wintry from, from uh, Journey was there. These are all guest conductors. We did the world premiere of Grim Fandango with Pete McConnell and Clint Bajaki and all the old LucasArts That's awesome. guys. Remember uh, we used to go and, and talk I to know, those guys on ETN? I know. It's amazing. Exactly. Uh, uh, Christopher Tin, we did his Grammy Award winning uh, uh, music from Civilization IV. Uh, so it was so, so incredible. We had so many uh, great guests there and everything. So yeah, that was definitely my favorite. That's awesome. Okay, well, uh, The Legend Blue uh, just told us how you do it. Yo, just need to click on the Join Hangout button on the YouTube link and it will take you to a page to ask questions. So if you're uh, watching this on YouTube, find that link and you'll have another pop-up window thing that you can ask us questions. So please join in on the conversation. So sure. awesome year for you. Yes. I traveled all over the world. Is it getting tiring? Are, are you, uh, uh, no, it's, it's still exciting. I mean, it's still, you know, people are always always saying like, you know, God, you must hate all the plane rides and the, you know, being on. Because, you know, these flights to Australia and China, I mean, they're 20-hour flights, you know. Yeah. But for me, and, and, you know, now I'm platinum membership on every, <laughs> you know, Delta and every airline. So, you know, you get you get treated great. Uh, never waiting in line. So that, that stress level isn't there. But um, but for me, when I'm on a plane, it's the only time where like my phone is constantly ringing, my emails are constantly coming in. My, you know, right. it's always I have a phone thing or an interview or a meeting or you know every, I'm just being pulled all over. When I'm on a plane, it's like whoosh, I'm in this bubble and right. no one can get to me. So it's the only time where I can kind of come up with you know read a book or or watch a movie i haven't seen or just meditate or yeah, just think about games? stuff remember you yeah. used to play video games like crazy you yeah still play yeah games? uh yeah no i i still carry around my my uh my hacked ds yeah <laughs> which i probably shouldn't say but nope. it's totally you know i will say it it's a <laughs> i have every single ds cartridge on a little hard drive um got that in china of course <laughs> 
and <laughs> and, uh, and I still carry that and uh, and and my phone. I mean, I really you know I'm addicted to uh, three or four phone games. Um, and so when I'm on the road, it's my phone and my DS, my 3DS. Well, that's uh, that that speaks volumes about how much your life has changed and how much the video game industry has changed. Uh, Steve Nikolic asks, have you been to a VGL show, Vic? Yes, I've been to, uh, I think, yeah, two or three five or of them. Six. No, I went, did you? Yeah, more than that. I've been, in, I've been to one in Edmonton. I was at the first one at the Hollywood Bowl. I sat beside Elijah right. Wood and, and Zach Wood. Uh, and Stan Lee was signing, and I was meeting people, and it was an unbelievable experience, man. So freaking cool. Yeah, we did a couple in Vancouver where we actually did. Mm -hmm. There was twice, two times you've see seen it in Vancouver where we yep. actually, because we actually did reviews. Yeah. We reviewed a great game live on stage that to like fun. 3,000 people live. What a yeah. vibe that was, right? Because normally, when you, even though, you know, hundreds of thousands of people see our, see the reviews, when you're doing it, recording it, it's me and Vic and a camera guy and, and maybe a sound person. There's four people there. But to do it live and to feel that energy and people laughing right away and getting that instant feedback, that was a rush, man. Oh, we that gotta, was incredible. We got to do more of that. Oh, totally. That was so much fun. Uh, we will connect in different places for sure, and we'll do something like yeah. that again. Oh, you know, one of the other shows that was big for us last year, we, we set another Guinness World Record. We got four now. Uh, it was the biggest live video game concert ever watched live at once. When we went to Beijing, we teamed up with the Chinese YouTube because, they, you know, they rip everything off. Um, and so, so they don't have YouTube over there. It's called Yoku. Yeah. And and Yoku, it's kind of like a com it's kind of like this. It's a combination of like Twitch and YouTube. Yeah. So you can you can watch live videos, but people can comment on it. Okay. And so we were they were the big sponsors for the show. So we had like, you know, I don't know, ten thousand people there in the stadium watching it live, but they were broadcasting it from their front page. Now again, there's a billion people in China, three wow. times the amount of people that are in the US and Canada combined. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it, up on the screen, it showed how many people were watching it live. And when we first started, there was about 300,000 people. By the end of the show, there was over 750,000 people watching it live. That's awesome. So I took pictures of the screen and I sent it to Guinness. And so they gave us a world record for the, the you know, over if you include the people in the audience, there's like 786,000 people watching a video game concert live. That's, that is amazing. We have a very important question from uh, JBJ Blaze. Uh, which do you prefer, Mr. Tallarico, an itchy bum or a sore one? Not at all uh, a threat, just a question. Yes, yes, no, definitely prefer itchiness over soreness. Um, okay. Yeah, because you know, you got you get your preparation H, you can get rid of that itch. Uh, a little baby powder, maybe some talcum down there and stuff. Stuff. But you got a sore ass, and that's like you know you got that. That's something that's going to stay with you a couple of days. If you wanted to find out how to uh, solve any uh, itchy problems with your butt, you are yeah. watching the right podcast right now. That's so right. Uh, good job, everybody. Um, okay, this one is from uh, uh, LH Eight Heels. Man, I remember the good old reviews on the Run Judgment Day reviews. My favorite episode was the one with Kakuto Shojin. Did I don't I even that right? remember that. Could, could, uh, what was your favorite part of the review when you revised uh, when we did the episode? 
What? What? The, I, 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 Kakuto the, what, Shogun. You, you kept wanting to uh, go for a pee out of your Kakuto Shogun. That's that's, that's right. That, the, the one that that's the thing I remember is what the <laughs> hell is a Kakuto Shogun? I still can't say it. Fifteen years later, but uh, yeah, the, that was a Microsoft the, exclusive for the first Xbox. What do we call I the actually, first Xbox now? Didn't I actually pee? Like, didn't I turn around and piss on the, side of, the, on the yeah. side of the... It was because yeah. we were in an alley, if I recall. Didn't we do a Batman thing? A Batman shadow pop. a Batman yeah. shadow, we yeah. We shot and, in an actual alley. And you know what's funny is that that's the alley that every one of the CW superhero shows uses uh, to fight crime. So, really? that, you know, yeah. so the oh, Flash uh, is always beating up somebody there or Green Arrow is. Well, that's fine. I'll tell you what's even uh, more of a tidbit of information, yep. which you probably don't want me to reveal, yeah. is that uh, if you recall, um, back in the day before the Flash got there, uh, you know, it was literally a desolate place where a lot of homeless people and drugs and hookers. Oh yeah. So totally. I I remember what I remember about that day is like the used condoms and the <laughs> and the needles and the needles yeah, literally. That's... That's but, still I mean, a big problem in the downtown east side. Still, even yeah, though the flash in Gastown, is yeah, it's uh, we are the warmest city in Canada, man. So people <laughs> that are, uh, you know, needing some help, they can live outside here. That's why it ends up being like that. Amazing. Uh, okay, uh, this oh, one's great for Mr. Legend. Henry. You got a billion. Uh, you got a billboard in Shan, China. Do you know how rare that is for a foreign act? Uh, I I don't. Is that rare? I don't know. Well, Mr. Henry's a teacher, so I, I, I oh. and he's a he's a regular on our podcast and a follower, and we we love him. How you doing, oh, Mr. Henry? Uh, you know, so the, I think he knows. Now, did you see the? Um, did you see if if you look if you go to our video games live uh, or any of my pages right now on Facebook, it shows it's it's how we made that Bollywood movie. Did you see that, Vic? No, I haven't seen it yet. Okay, so what happened is there's this there's this Oh movie. yeah, no, I saw the picture. I saw a screen yeah. cap that you're in a in a Bollywood movie. Yeah, so somebody who made this Bollywood movie um and the great amazing thing about the movie is that it's like a Tron ripoff. So yeah. it's like could they have got Tron? Could they have gotten better? <laughs> so they do this Tron ripoff in Bollywood style and the guy who stars in the movie is like the Tom Cruise of Bollywood. He's like the most highest paid, like most famous, good looking Bollywood actor. So he plays like the main character in this. And what happens is he's about to die. This is towards the end. And you the watch this goddamn movie? Yes. I I I is <laughs> in the thing. Everyone can watch it and you can go right to the part where I'm talking about. If because I say, look, go right to this part in the movie and I give the link. And and just all you have to do is click my the what what do they call those the big pictures on Facebook the uh, uh, the cover photos cover photos just click my cover photo and you can read the whole story and click the link and at this specific point in the movie it's at the end the big scene in this Tron ripoff movie and now the character's on the ground he's about to die and then all of a sudden he does this epic ball grab <laughs> and he grabs the guy's nuts and you can see the video games live sign in the back as he grabs this 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 ass hats nuts and then he rips and then he grabs him by the nuts he throws him and the guy gets thrown through the video games live sign oh, wow. oh my god and it's clear as day and so no one 
No one asked this for Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. No! Are you fine with that? I'm a, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened in my life. Uh, the, I mean, it is way, overt promotion for you, for sure. Right? Uh, I mean, what are you going to do? And the way I found out is Joey Ray Hall, who yeah. was one of the original folks who started Blizzard Entertainment, he was watching it because he watches these crazy sci-fi Bollywood movies. Oh, and he's awesome. like, I can't believe this. And so I only found out about The movie came out a couple of years ago, but I only found out a couple months ago. That's awesome. Got another one from JBJ Blaze. I'm not sure if I have to rewatch the old shows, uh, which brings up a good point. Everybody that's on here right now, please uh, do us the favor and subscribe because one of the things that we're doing is we are posting those old shows uh, right back to the days when Tommy and I were hosting. Yeah. Uh, even like days when I wasn't hosting and Tommy <laughs> was the host. Um, and right on through multiple, you know, we're, we're, we can't do it all at once. We have a ton of content, so we're going to do as much as we can. But there is a lot of fun in those old shows. Now, where um, are all and, those old tapes? Are they like in a vault somewhere? Like, yes, exactly. There literally yeah. has to be thousands. It's of ridiculous. Thousands. It's ridiculous. And we moved this year and it was so painful because I think we have the biggest... I th I'm pretty sure we have the largest video archive of interviews about the video game industry in the oh, world. Oh, my gosh. And you we've should, been shooting like crazy since 1995. Uh, and I want to do something with all this stuff, not just post the old shows, but actually post extended versions of the uh, uh, of the interviews that we've done. Because it's fascinating to, to go back. Like we were talking to Jason Rubin and Andy Gavin about uh, the formation of Naughty Dog. And now Jason is running oculus rift you know with oh, facebook yeah, and, and he was running thq you know and it's uh it's really cool to kind of trace all of this stuff and i remember david perry talking about uh cloud gaming uh 15 20 years ago and yeah. that's exactly what he invented you know which yeah. is incredible it was he, he says what do you think of platform or console exclusives uh, I, I look my my favorite platform over the last you know decade and a half uh, has been the PlayStation Three of uh, the PlayStation PlayStation Two and Three specifically yeah because of the platform exclusives I mean you know Shadow of the Colossus Eco uh, Uncharted The Last of Us God of War Gran Turismo bang you know so um you know those sony first party games were so uh i mean they made that console for me i and, mean they really nintendo's did. got that same formula down with uh, the the titles that they invest in and xbox has been going very strong with uh, their investments over the last little while phil spencer i think has made a huge difference oh, I, think I think nintendo you're right. if you look at the to, uh, nintendo needs to start doing games for the xbox and playstation <laughs> they they need to go by like the way of sega i think at this point come on I think they're going to go in a totally, I think they're out of the, I, mean, I feel like we've had this discussion so many times, but I think they're, their next move, because they're making a lot of money right now. They're actually doing very well with the uh, Amiibo stuff, and now they're going to get into the mobile space. So that is their first foray into developing for other platforms. Right. Uh, um, and who knows? Well, they've been, they've, they've been forced there, though, because, I mean, the you know, the DS, I mean, the handheld is going to go away because of these damn things, right? Yeah. And uh, as much as I love the DS, by the way, but yeah. but the, the Wii U, come on, Vic. How many hours have you put in the Wii U? Well, I, I put hours into the games that Nintendo publishes, yeah. and that's it. Yeah, you have you to know? review, and, right? And yeah, I got to review them, and that's that's the problem, sure. Uh, but I think what they recognize is that, and they've said this, they're very public about it, that Wii U didn't have enough multi-touch functionality in this wave of all of these you know, iPads right. and, and tablets. Uh, but I think they created... Something pretty remarkable with Super Mario Maker, where they utilize the tablet or their Wii gamepad, 
Wii U yeah. gamepad in a really interesting way. And I think <laughs> ten years later, it still sounds stupid and silly when you the say Wii ga- the Wii. Wii, as, I got my Wii. Well, Wii U didn't do them any favors, man. I got a Wii U. Wii. I mean, everybody thought it was just a, a control system. They didn't think it was a new console when that came out. Yeah, if yeah, they were yeah, on the exactly. outside. And they, there was no way they were going to get that that same replication of because the Wii was, uh, you know, a phenomenon. And here's here's but the I do think they're going to stay on this track of of uh, you know appealing to a uh, sort of a broader demo and not get into the technological horse race, but they're going to implement the uh, portable functionality of of some kind of a tablet type thing, and it will also be a console. So you're going to be able to own the Nintendo games that you have and play them anywhere, but also plug into a television. So here's my prediction. Yeah. Um, the, uh, Disney will buy them. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Disney buys everybody. Why wouldn't they buy Nintendo? Well, it would make a lot of sense, wouldn't it? You know? Seriously, yeah. think about it. Think yeah. about it. Disney buying Nintendo would be the best thing that ever happened to Nintendo. Well, that would best really that limit what Wars. they could do with... I guess it, I, they're such a behemoth right now. They're on top of the world with all the stuff that they own. Disney. They could yeah. they could own Nintendo and still make games for the other guys. Exactly. Hey, wh- why do you think? So isn't it interesting? Don't would you agree with me? Yeah. I think this new system, right? The new platforms have been out for two two and a half years now, <clears throat> right? Yes. I'm still playing my PlayStation Three way more than my PlayStation Four, Xbox One, Wii U. This has been the slow. Usually, when a new platform comes out, yeah, it's the new thing, and you don't, you know, and then and then it's like it catches on within like six months to a year. It's been a couple years now, and still, you don't feel that like excitement, like oh my god, this is so next gen. This is the bit that I'm still playing like old games from last gen, and 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 by the way, still enjoying them. Well, last year was. Awesome. There were a lot of great games, and I think the promise of... What was your ne- favorite game from last year? Batman Arkham Knight. But, you know, yeah. that, that's a pretty easy one to predict. But it, they had a really, really strong <laughs> year. All the, all the new machines and PC games and Wii U as well had a really strong year. Uh, and it did feel like the developers had to catch up with it. I mm-hmm. think the expectation as, um, uh, you know, smart TVs and cloud gaming and all the hype around uh, the box-less interactive future was starting to happen just as... Uh, even PlayStation was, you know, bubbling all that up with Gaikai, right? They were talking about that we're not going to need consoles soon. PlayStation was. And I think that really scared the developers away. Also, the mobile money was really attractive to a lot of developers, so they went into the mobile direction. But what happened is, and I thought about this recently, is that the consumers, if they want to stay home and be entertained by video games, they don't really have, they don't have that many choices. You know, they have to choose and kind of pick their battle on, what they're going to play, but they're going to go in the direction of a PlayStation or an Xbox or a Nintendo machine, you know? And I, I think there's still value in that, but I think the developers were really gun-shy to commit, and the publishers were really gun-shy to overcommit. So we had a couple of really slow years. 2014 was awful. It was just yeah. such a, a dismal year. But 2015, Witcher 3, Dying Light, Metal Gear Solid Five, Batman Arkham Knight... Uh, Fallout 4, um, you know, I'm, I'm forgetting tons, but we had a lot of really, really good titles. And it was uh, uh, Bloodborne, the Super Mario Maker, Splatoon was a big surprise. There was a lot of stuff that we, you know, weren't expecting to have as much fun as we did, you know. And now 2016 looks pretty good, too. 
The uh, so for anyone just joining uh, on the YouTube channel, Vic, tell them tell them what we have to do, and if they want to come in and ask us questions, because they okay, can't do it directly from YouTube. The, but. There's uh, supposed to be a link on the YouTube page to join the Q and A, and I think there are some comments on the page too. I'll take a look at that right now. I have a question from Captain Canuck. I would pay good money for a box set of EP. How does that sound to you as a way to get it out? To, pardon me? Kickstarter. <laughs> as a way to get it out there to the fans. Also, I would like the music tracks that you played during the EP over the years and initial intro song included. Uh, a lot of that is your music, Tommy, and then we've licensed some pretty cool music over the years as well. We've paid for a couple of other compositions along the way too. The, uh, People the... really have a fondness for the uh, your tracks though, man. When we started yeah. posting the, uh, the first... Uh, season episodes with that old sky bike song yeah yeah it's well, total nostalgia for people if if uh if you want to check out the full version of that track um it's on you can actually buy this on amazon uh download it just the the single track if you wanted to but it's off it's on tommy tellerico's greatest hits volume two <laughs> which, which i think came out in like 1995 or 96 but on there you'll see um you, well, you can just listen to it. I, what the, I don't have an album with me because it's, yeah, I think it's called Skybike or something. Um, but uh, yeah, it's on there. So you can, but, but a lot, and a lot of the tracks we used for EP are on that album, actually. Um, <laughs> here's a question. Tommy, what's your favorite game of 2015 yep. by David Hinkle? Um, I'm a big, um, let me see, I want to think about this. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a console game. I'm not gonna go with phone stuff. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm a big Formula fan. I'm a big Ferrari guy. Yeah. Woo! And so uh, the new Formula game came out for 2015. I've probably been playing that the most. So I, I always say the game I like the most is the one I play the most. So right. I've probably played that more than any other game. Even though, um, you know, oh gosh, what the heck out? What came out for the Play. what else did we play uh i didn't really we were never home <coughs> i know it was and tough. you're taking those consoles into into pal territories and and uh different power yeah no places. you can't do that yeah, yeah. um let do me you travel with else. the consoles do you no. ever bring them with you no no we, we i've i got like guitars and guitar pedals and merchandise that were you know so it's yeah it's, it's too much do to... you play any pc things do you have a, a steam account I have a Steam account, and the only time I play Steam stuff is when I uh, when I have to like research stuff for Video Games Live. So, for example, remember the very first time I ever played this game, and well, we played it because it first came out. Remember the game Siberia? Yeah. On the PC, yeah. and when that first came, I think it came out on the Mac yeah. too. One of the few games very that cool came out on the game, Mac. Yeah. Yeah, it was really like cool and stuff. So now this year they came out with Siberia Three, right? And so they wanted to put it in video games live. So I had to go back and play Siberia One, Siberia Two, and Siberia Three, and we kind of did this montage uh, and and did the world premiere at Gamescom. So I use a Steam account to play old games, but I I don't really play new games on it, and I'm not in the world of Warcraft and League of Legends. Like I don't play them because I just don't have the time, but I know all about them because I I research the crap out of them and I watch. It's easier to watch other people playing the game, so I'll go yeah. on like YouTube yeah, and watch the championship games to learn, and then I I create all the videos for the show based on what the publishers and the developers give me, but what I kind of see and see that's popular on YouTube and stuff. But 
Yeah, that's a whole, you know, new sort of way that people are getting their information around these things. And I'm wondering, like I, I asked this of people when I stream too, is that are people choosing not to purchase after they've watched these games because they've really gotten a lot of what the content right. is. Do they need to go out and buy the game afterwards? And, and I, I don't know how much statistic or data there is around that. I think what's happening with most of the streaming or the biggest streaming games are the are they are the free ones or the Minecrafts or things like that, which are sort of perpetual and never ending. So people mm -hmm. can always sort of tune into all of that stuff. Right. But, you know, I, I would have to think that if people were watching a bunch of Until Dawn streams, they're getting which was a really cool horror game that came out for the PS4 last year. They're getting a lot of the scares and the content of what's in the game, so that's got to impact sales. It's totally interesting what's happening with everything right, right. now. And now it is amazing. Have, have you ever streamed? Have you ever have you ever no. played a game for other people? No, it's, no, it's I, fun, I, man. I, I don't. I don't get it. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I just. I don't. I don't get watching other people play video games live. I don't. I, maybe I'm just too old. I, I don't know. I just don't get it. I, I'd rather if I have that kind of time on my hands, I want to be playing the game and not watching others. But that's because I'm not in that world of competitive gaming. Now, right. if I was a competitive gamer, I yeah. totally see, hey, you want to see how people do things. You want to get strategies. You want to, like, that's super interesting. I can see where it's interesting. It's yeah. just, it's not for me personally. Well, but he, um, he, Here's the the mind switch that, because I, I was, you know, because you, I think one of the things that you worry about is, like, you're being judged for your skills, right? When you, when you, you play and you open up the kimono. Oops, sorry. You open up the kimono on uh, on playing a game, and you mm -hmm. think that oh my god, everybody's going to see that I'm not that great at this shooter or whatever. It, but it's really right. not about that. It's uh, it's work. It's it's kind of like couch co-op, you know, because we're all right. playing alone these days. We're playing online, and then when you open it up, and especially for people like you or for me. Uh, they're, I think they just kind of think it's fun to play a game or watch a game with us, and they're commenting right. along and they help. And I was playing Uncharted. Uh, they they re-released the Uncharted collection last year, and I, I had so much fun streaming that because I'd forgotten all. You of idiot! Okay, <laughs> yeah, pick up the box, you dumbass! I, I, it was great because I was totally stuck, and I was going back to the audience and asking, "What the hell do I do?" And they were streaming comments, and they were helping me through the game. And then it was like, oh, "Okay." That's this funny. is different. This is this different. This is this can. Uh, what did you do? He, uh, you know who does this, and I think you'd be surprised by it is uh, Freddie Prince uh, Jr. Oh who, yeah, yeah. He's a gamer, and he was uh, um, he, he was a, a major character in the Last Dragon Age game, uh, Bad Bad Bull or something like that, Iron Bull. And uh, he just gets up on Twitch and just invites a bunch of people in and and uh, has fun with it. And I. I think that's kind of cool, you know, but it is, you kind of have to just make that shift and say, okay, well, I'm going to do this. And I would love it if you and I could figure out and other people that I know in the business could figure out a way to get online together and stream out and chat back and forth. And, uh, yeah, but I, I, you know, this was the first for us just doing this Google Hangout thing here. So, you know, we'll take that step when we get to it. So, okay, check this out. Alex uh, from uh, Alex Snell from Calgary asks about, hey, why don't you guys review a game or a movie uh, together right now? And, you know, maybe Star Wars. Yes. So let's do a Star Wars Absolutely. movie. Absolutely. Because just to set this up for people, you know, before, like me and Vic were together, not in the biblical sense. Um, 
before almost the, remember that hot tub well yeah in vegas hot tub in <laughs> vegas not only just a hot tub but a hot tub in vegas it was crazy okay enough said uh, um but um so me and vic we were we were, we've been together so long that that we were together before the prequels came out yeah. right and we in saw fact, episode one together we saw episode one together in yeah. san francisco right near skywalker ranch yeah in line and saw the first showing of it waited in line people were having lightsaber battles and this and that um anyway <laughs> I still remember your face afterwards <laughs> after the first movie <laughs> After watching episode one? After Phantom Menace, because I, I was falling asleep. We saw a midnight show, right? We wanted to go see it early, you know, that first yeah, one that we midnight. could. Yeah, at midnight. Yeah. yeah, and I was falling asleep, and you were just like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. I was, and it I was, was such a, uh, such uh, a letdown, man. Uh, I know. But you or, liked it. You were like well, trying to I, like I was in the apo like, ap oh. apologizing for it mode. There, I, and yeah, you know what? Well, to this yeah. day, there are still a couple of things that are cool about it. But Jake Lloyd ruins it, and Jar Jar Binks ruins it, and uh, you know okay. Natalie Portman. I want to tell. I, I want to tell everybody watching us now. How many people watching right now at this time? 175. Yeah, I want to tell the 175 people that are watching that the guy on the screen, not me, but the other guy on the screen. Will actually he actually liked the fourth Indiana Jones movie? How do you? I did. How do you? Did. How do you talk to somebody like this? They how know do, that. How do I hope have, they know that. Come on, how it was you fun. Have a discussion with somebody who likes the fourth Indiana Jones movie. Well, I, I just block out all the shit that Harrison Ford's not in. I, I like just watching Harrison Ford. He's great, man. God. Okay, so let's review Star Wars really quick. Okay, Harrison I, we Ford. Awesome. We never talked about this. Uh, Harrison Ford. Um, uh, he was okay. Yeah, he was. Look, look, I'll say this. Let me preface by saying this. Every single time a new original character appeared on screen, I yeah. don't know what the fuck George Lucas put in my cereal when I was a kid or whatever, but every time a new character, whether it was R2, C3PO, Leia, Luke, you name it, of course, Han Solo, who's my favorite character, yeah. every time they appeared for the first time, Chewbacca. I started crying. I started crying. Wow. Like, what the, like, and not just like kind of swelling up, tears streaming down my eyes just because they were on screen. I know. It was like, oh my God. Like, so the whole thing, by the end of the, by the end of it, I was just like so emotionally spent. <laughs> Like, That's just awesome. like I'd been crying. I'd been like just amazed at the graphics and the look and the Millennium Falcon and then this and then that. And yeah. when I watched it, it was just amazing, blah, blah, blah. I, I'd probably give it like, when I first watched it, I'd probably give it like an eight, eight and a half. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then after I start, and then you're just like in this dream state for like a day. And then I made the mistake of going online and started seeing like the hardcores and we're hardcore, but you yeah. know, started seeing other people's reviews of it and all the questions they were bringing up. And then the fact that they're like, um, this was the same exact movie as the first one. And I'm like yeah. thinking about it going, son of a bitch. It was, <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then, and then it started to, 
it's starting to like pull well, down. Did you see it again? Though? Like, I haven't seen it again. No. Okay. Because here's what happened with me. Okay, I saw so it. Tell I me. Gave yeah. it an eight and a half. Oh, so so right on board. Yeah, and I think um, I still feel like the death of uh, spoilers. And if you I, haven't seen this, it's if ridiculous. You seen it, hit mute. Yeah. Uh, the death of Solo was totally undercut, and it was powerful, but it could have been much more powerful. I've said this a lot, but uh, yeah. Chewbacca and Leia don't have that moment of acknowledgement and 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 consoling each other. I hated that part. That was the worst part of the movie, right there. Was that totally. it's just and, you know. imagine that would have been real tears, you know, not just yeah. nostalgic tears. That yeah. would have been like, holy shit, this this guy. Yeah. He, he left a, a huge gaping hole in the center of the Star Wars universe. He's gone. He's gone yeah, forever. And, and the thing is, is I was more pissed at that scene than yeah. I was sad. And yeah. I sh they could have created it where I was sad, I was in tears. Totally. Creed, to me, is the sleeper hit. of That was an amazing movie. I know you liked it, too. I've seen a couple of your Facebook posts. And, yeah. yes, they totally – Stallone got the nod in the Oscars for supporting actor. God, I hope he wins. He won the – you won the Golden Globe last week, yeah. but but you know when Stallone, when Rocky sat down by those by by Adrian and and Paulie's tombstone, oh, reading fuck. the paper, oh, yeah. I lost it. And oh, you yeah. know what a big fan I am of totally. Rocky. Oh yeah, that was powerful. No, the biggest yeah. one you know, right? Let's see what's and going when, on in the world today. Yeah, yeah. and when he was amazing. so lonely, yes. and you could see it. It was just. And and they could have had that opportunity in Star Wars. Yeah, do all that stuff, and they they blew it. So I, I know, felt ripped here's, off. Here's the thing, though, that I think that JJ had to, you know, he had to overcome, and just the fact that he made a good movie is just yeah. a miracle. Well, thank, right? thank God, by the way. Yeah, right? I mean, he had so much weight on him, and so much pressure to not fuck it up because they've got a whole industry sort of scheduled around for, this for, thing being a success. For, World problems. Yes, go ahead. Yes, but you know what I mean. Like, imagine you had so if much it pressure. Another... You had to make Star Wars. Oh my God, it was what awful. If it, what if it had been another Phantom Menace? You know, know. what if it had gone too no, risky and, and everybody's like, oh Jesus, you know, it would have, yeah. it would have been brutal. And he did. He pulled off a great movie. All the new leads are so fun and so cool, and the nostalgic beats were pretty damn awesome. They could have been a little stronger. The music, uh, but they... was amazing. The music was amazing. The music was amazing. They left the door open for lots of stuff. But my favorite thing about Star Wars is that it's back and we are still talking about it and we are questioning what the future is. And, and there's that same level of hysteria that we felt with the original trilogy. And that wasn't around with this, the prequel right. trilogy, right? The second one was like, okay, what what you got for us this time? Now, did the, you by the third one, it was like, I don't think this is going to be good, but I'll go. You know? did, 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 you, uh, did you read George Lucas's comments about yes. what he thought of the yeah. new movie? He, no. wasn't, he didn't like it. It, it breaks my heart, man, because it, it was a great movie, and it honored his work for sure. And he should have just bit his tongue and and <laughs> and said that it was, you know, it's. I, I would imagine I it must during all the Nintendo reviews we did. You bit <laughs> I, your tongue. You said good things, even though you didn't mean it. I love Nintendo. No, I, I love those it. games. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I love those games. Leave me alone on that. No, no but I I love Lucas, and I have so much respect for him, and yeah. I think he. He brought the world so much more than Star Wars, like all of the ILM stuff and Pixar yeah. and nonlinear editing. Lucas and, Arts <laughs> and Lucas Arts and Monkey you Island. Know, he, yeah, like he's he's just been like a cultural, you know, 
fountain of awesome kind of ideas, you know? He yeah. took that success and he just went poof and he generated massive industries around this stuff. Well, I had the but great pleasure of having dinner. Fallible, you know? I, I, had the, I had the amazing honor of having dinner with George Lucas. Uh, it was probably, I don't know, seven or eight years ago. And yeah. um, I asked him, and there's actually pictures of me and George up on my Facebook. I was there, page. brother. Yeah, you were at that? That show I, I was there because you, you invited me and I was there Janet Jackson was up on stage oh I don't know God. how that I was there I know it's yeah, crazy I, I don't remember you being there uh, well I sat you you wanted to sit right beside George I don't oh, blame you I was on the other side of the table and I was talking to uh you I think your friends from AMD were there and AMD I was uh, Charlie and stuff. Yeah, yeah so you invited me and I was like honored to be there Janet Jackson waved at me it was a surreal night for me too so so I so the one question I asked George is I said uh what's your favorite Star Wars game, Star Wars video game? Because I told him I was in the video game industry and this and that. And I said, well, what's your favorite Star Wars video game? And he looks at me and he goes, it hasn't been made yet. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I asked him on uh, the MTV movie line. That was the first time I talked to him. Uh -huh. I said, uh, what would you say to people that are, you know, watching this right now, because we were making an EP as a video game show, who really, really want to work in uh, at LucasArts and make awesome games for your company. And, he's, and he turned to me and he said, well, if they're really, really good, if they're really good, they can come and they can make movies for me. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> so I don't, I don't think games were high on the pecking order for, for Mr. No. George Lucas. Oh, yeah, no. crazy dude. All right, here we have a question from uh, Hexmind. Do you think a TV channel totally dedicated to video games would be viable? We, we were just talking about this before we went on air because I was saying, God, what a shame that yeah. G4 sucked so bad because it was such a great idea and concept. Yeah. And I think in the end, they... Uh, let me see, how can I say this and not be like George Lucas on the new Star Wars? Um they were just, they overspent, man. I mean, that's the bottom line. They, they were in Los Angeles and they had to keep up with the Joneses. They had to pay what MTV was paying down the street and MTV's ratings were about a thousand times better than G4's. For me, it's like they literally should have hired you to like yep. be the vice president of programming. Like, I, I mean, that, I, that sounds arrogant for me to say, but I agree with no, you, but I you was, know? I was too young still. I was still, was, you know, I was, I had never made a daily show back then. I'd only made the, the weekly shows. We were able to spin off. I had to, I had to learn a lot of stuff. And now in retrospect, it's like, yeah, man, I should have, uh, I should have been pushing harder to take a little bit more editorial control with those guys. But setting up shop in Los Angeles is a nice media play, but suddenly you're playing, you know, in a very crowded competitive field and egos go crazy. And, and you know, suddenly it has to be about celebrity and and superstars, and and you got to turn video game people into superstars, and it's just too much pressure. And the content lost its way; it just wasn't truthful, you know. And I think when they started, I think the first couple of years of G four were actually a little bit more experimental. They remember they used to run these kind of walkthroughs, and people would tell people, yeah, you know, how much they love a game, and then they would just run little sort of mini interstitial documentaries about yeah. people's passion for this stuff. And then they had the icon show and, you know, they had some good ideas and good directions, but yeah. they, ultimately you know, it became a business that needed to pay for itself. And they and just, they do, and they weren't hiring gamers to no. do this stuff. No, they were, I know. It was hiring TV producers and models instead yes. of people who knew what they were talking about. And that's not to disparage any of the people. It's not their fault, but no. a, a lot of the, 
you know, a lot of the hosts back then were not hardcore gamers. I mean, I think that's a fair comment. And, well, and, and the other side, and the, the other party of this, though, yeah, yeah totally. But the other party in this is the video game industry itself. You know, like this is a medium that has matured and has grown into a lot of people's lives. But there is a complacency on the part of video games and video game companies to get involved in uh, storytelling that's good for everybody. You know, like people are really doing their silos and their Facebook posts and sponsoring YouTubers right now. Um, and it, it feels like so much is kind of left to people to come up with and fans just, you know, sort of bubble up. And I'm not taking anything away from YouTubers and Twitch streamers and stuff like that that have made awesome businesses for themselves and have huge audiences and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think the truth of it is, is video games still have a way to go to matter to more people. And that's not going to happen if the video game industry is complacent. You know, you don't see the sports industry just sitting back and waiting for people to write stories for them right. and do things yeah. about them. They get involved, you know, and they if they're going to be building networks around sports, they're participatory and they help those networks succeed. You know, I mean, there's a golf channel, for Christ's sake. There right, should yeah. be a video game <laughs> channel, you know, right, yeah. like, there are there's several food channels. There should several. be a video game channel with great content that people respect. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know. It'll come back someday. It's I, got I agree. And I think what's got to happen is the game companies have to uh, participate and work together. You know, like the movie studios are all kind of forced and have been forced to work together on uh, the entertainment shows that have been around for a long time. Even the E-Network and stuff like that. They're all helping to make that thing a success. Game companies have to do the same thing. Yes, I got, a, I want I got to another question. Oh, look at that. Oh, man. Looks a little scared. No, I just woke him up. So he ah, okay. doesn't know what's going on. I look like no, that when I wake that's up, too. Vic. That's Vic. Look at Hello. This. Hi. Hello. Oh, oh. dash. I don't know. Wow, he's crazy. <laughs> Uh, okay, I got one here. I was fortunate enough to uh, meet Tommy in Thunder Bay, Ontario, Canada. Woo! Ah. That's where my wife is from a few years ago. What? And I'd love to meet Vic someday as well. Is there any chance of meeting you both together in the future at a convention, for example? It would be a childhood dream come true. Fan Expo, we've done some stuff together yeah. in the past in Toronto yeah, I, in I, August. I don't know if I'm going to Fan Expo yet. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's up in the I air missed, right now. Yeah, I missed Fan Expo this past time. So now, did I. I didn't know Marcy was from Thunder Bay. I yes, she is. You know, the, you know the most famous person to come out of Thunder Bay? Marcy. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> um, Paul um, Schaefer from uh, Late oh, Night no with David Letterman. Yeah, he's That's from awesome. Ontario. Yeah. yeah. We actually had uh, Rich Grundy, who works at CBC now. He he was a camera operator for us for a, a long time. Okay. He was up on stage when we did our video games live uh, review on the run there. He is from Thunder uh, Bay, and then he, yeah. had, he had a couple of other buddies that... Uh, uh, worked behind the scenes on EP, and he was from Thunder Bay, so they had this little cabal going. Um, but I would love to be at Fan Expo this year. Is that going to time out with your wackadoo schedule in 2016? I have, I have no idea. We're doing 36 days in China in That's September. Amazing. We're doing yeah. 15 shows. Uh, hey, one last question about Star Wars that I yeah. that you can answer. Uh, two, oh, well, two, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this. I saw it yeah. again, Okay. all of my complaints started because of the first time you're watching the movie in yeah, your head as bad. it's being presented yeah your expectations and you're kind of weighing them against each other the second time you kind of know the thing you've had time to kind of obsess about the choices and 
you just go and you just appreciate what they built. And they, they built something awesome. And I don't agree with this idea that it's just a mirror of episode four. I think that there are definitely illusions and homages and things that tie. I'm not crazy that they went with another Death Star. I think that's kind of crazy. Uh, but uh, it, 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 it raised in my estimation. The only okay. thing I could never forgive is is Leia and and Chewie never got to hug. I wanted to hear Chewie go and yeah. hug Leia, and I would have been a fucking mess like everybody in the world. Exactly. Yeah. So here's my question: Why is uh, Leia and Han's son so goddamn ugly? <laughs> I, can you answer me that? He no, he looks nothing like either of them. He, he, people have done side by side video pictures or, or stills of, uh, yeah. of Adam Driver and Harrison Ford. He's got, you know, he's got a long nose and a similar kind. Of, I mean, he looks a little, he's, he's a big, lanky dude. Yeah, it didn't make sense to me. He, he's just not as handsome yeah. as our hero. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Leia, Who is? well, Leia in the day, you talking and you kidding me? She had those uh, Jabba boobs going on and. You know, that was a big deal when she was a slave Leia, yep. Jabba boobs. Um, the uh, Okay, another question. So the big-ass bad guy, yeah. was he really that big or is that a projection? I don't get it. I think that's a projection. And and uh, the rumor is that he is Darth Plagueis, who is a guy that gets talked Darth about Plagueis. in episode three. He was, because uh, this is the thing, right? Like now they've introduced a lot of cool tidbits and morsels I just tweeted out the uh, um, uh, trailer for part two of Star Wars Rebels. Are you watching this animated show? It's amazing. Yeah. They've done a great, yeah. Clone Wars is incredible too. You got to watch all those. But uh, um, they've they've given us some tidbits to kind of obsess over. And the speculation is that he is Darth Plagueis. And I just watched this video where somebody had um, did uh, played back the scene where the emperor is talking to Anakin in episode three and the same music is playing under that scene as is playing under um, the scene where Kylo Ren is talking to Snoke. And so if he's Darth Plagueis, his big deal is, is that he can bring uh, people back to life. So uh, through using the force, the, the dark side of the force. So the speculation is, is that Ren may Kylo may have been converted to the dark side because he wants uh, Plagueis to revive Darth Vader, his ah, grandfather, okay. which gets freaky. Which, by the way, where did he get that helmet from? I don't know, dude. Buy that off eBay? Okay. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna, there's so many questions here. I'm going to just run through. I'm going to give like one or two sure. word answers because yeah. I don't, I don't want anyone to, to miss some stuff. Yeah. Uh, um, so let me see. Uh, okay, what's your favorite game? We got a we got a Marvel Batman or a Marvel and uh, I'll ask this it's from David Chapman. How you doing, David? So Captain America: Civil War will have a new Spider-Man and Dawn of Justice will have a new Batman. Both uh, coming out this year. That's true. New Batman and a new Spider-Man. Crazy. Will your friendship survive the competition? I'm uh, way more excited about Civil War than I am uh, Superman versus Batman. <clears throat> yeah. Well. Yeah. I, I mean, I uh, look. I, I, I will say this. Vic was in a very dark place for a very long time when it came to Batman video games, oh, yeah. Spider-Man video games. We used to kick his ass all up and down the joint. But then psh, the shift happened about I don't know six, seven years ago, with and Arkham, the Batman with, with, with the original Arkham, 
and the Batman games are just so amazing now. So he's in a happier place, I think. And there are no new Spider-Man games. The best Spider-Man games are the ones that were out for the PlayStation 2 and and uh, Shadow <laughs> and Shattered Dimensions. Did, did you yeah. play that one? Uh, yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, that was exactly. incredible. Yeah. Uh, David Hinkle asks, Tommy, what's your favorite music you've done live? Uh, I love uh, Libre Fatale from Nobu Matsu Final Fantasy VIII. That's always a great one to play live. So powerful. But I'm going to be, uh, I love playing One Winged Angel because I play guitar in Castlevania on guitar. I love Skyrim. It's so powerful. Chrono Trigger, Chrono Cross. There's so many uh, incredible things. Uh, they asked, SNES or Genesis? For me, it was Genesis. For me, it's the set SNES. Well, there you go. See, that's yeah. perfect. We There's could do the, a whole the root of our friendship, right? We could, we could root of our problem. We we <laughs> could we could we could we could have a six-hour argument just on why I, Genesis I, was. Better. I was not a Nintendo guy. I was a Genesis guy, and then I babysat uh, a kid, and he had a Super Nintendo hooked up to a stereo TV, and uh, uh, fuck, I forget the name of the game. But it was in stereo, and it was beautiful. And I was like, "Oh my god, this, this the Genesis cannot do this." You're, you're talking about Act Razor, I bet. Act Razor, yes, right. It was gorgeous. How, how did good I know memory? No, yes, just, just yes, good memory, brother. Uh, yeah, and that blew my mind. And I I switched to uh, Super Nintendo after that. And I was thinking about this too. I think that there's a very interesting uh, uh, discussion about Nintendo 64 versus PlayStation One. Because uh, I know you like PlayStation One more, but yeah. I it definitely in the rear view, the Nintendo sixty four games mattered to me more than the PlayStation One games. Clearly insane. Nope. Metal Gear Solid. Okay, that's amazing. all I have to say. Three words: Metal Gear Solid. Okay. Zelda: Read uh, of Time. Super Mario sixty four. Jet Force Gemini. Diddy Kong Racing. Jet Force Gemini. Come on, you're reaching. Okay. I love that game. High Heat Baseball. Uh, I H Heels. I hate heels. I hate heels. Uh, high Heat Baseball is a great. He's probably short like me. Uh, <laughs> high Heat Baseball is a great nostalgic review. Did Tommy actually leave the studio or the park? Uh, when you tried to defend the game, oh, yeah, did. I, we, we, I mean, we, I did, but it was kind of played up. I mean, we, we kind of, you know, I, I wasn't really pissed. I just had to go to the airport cause we were late for the airport. Remember? Yeah. Uh, you, but it wasn't like I no, stormed you were pissed off. and you left. And I think we had oh. to call you to get the microphone back. You had to oh, bring the cab back. You were still wearing our mic. See, I don't remember. I don't I remember, remember really the guys and going, yeah, he just left. He I, just left. And I he's got our fucking microphone. He, we, Tommy, you got to come back. I don't remember really being <laughs> pissed. I was probably playing it up to get some attention, but I don't. Yeah. I don't really remember being uh, upset. Um, well, there's a new Homeworld game that's coming out soon. And oh, I, well, I'm I, sure I'll hate that. I would right? love to review let's that. Review with that you. With, yes, let's. I would love to review that. With you. Oh, I hated that game. <laughs> Boring pile of crap. No, a beautiful uh, game. Scott felt the same way though. He was. It was so funny. It was total Scott, deja vu. Yeah. yeah, we did a because they re-released the originals, and he had never played them, and so he. <laughs> It's a pretty obtuse experience, you know. When you're jumping into that thing, you have to control so many different spaceships. It's a it's a big mess, and you kind of just have to give yourself over to it. You know that it's going to take hours to get through the tutorial, right? But it's beautiful once you kind of crack it a little bit, you know. And then it kicks your ass, but it's a gorgeous, beautiful, unique game. You know that's why I'm I'm so stoked that it's coming back. You I might be the only up. one. 
You keep telling yourself that. Uh, Donnie <laughs> S., who's clearly a guitar player, because I see him playing a guitar in his, uh, in his avatar. Yep. Uh, he says, uh, what is my favorite instrument that I own? And uh, his baby, so to speak. So uh, if you Google, the guitar company is called Taya. It's spelled T-E-Y-E, Taya. And they're okay. on Austin, Texas. And uh, so my Taya guitar, uh, just Google the, um, the Aztec. Uh, Azteca, Aztec Taya, you'll see it come up. It's the most beautiful piece of, and they're all like kind of custom one-offs, but mine is, the, the you'll see the Aztec, and it's turquoise and all hand-carved uh, uh, wood, and it's just, it's beautiful. That, to me, it's the one I play on stage a lot. I also like my Spider-Man uh, is a custom Gibson Les Paul. It's called the Do you play Lip. that? Yeah, oh yeah, I play it out for Castlevania every uh, all, every night. That's how we open the show, and um, it's called the Web Slinger One. So if you put in Gibson Les Paul Web Slinger One, they only made seventy five of them back in the eighties, all hand signed by Stanley, uh, Stanley Mother of Pearl Web inlays. I mean, That's it's awesome. beautiful. Have you um, seen Stanley recently? I haven't. I can't believe the dude's still alive. I mean, and I'm saying this in a good way, but like he was old twenty years ago when we were hanging out with him. Yeah. You know? yeah. And uh, he's got to be in his 90s, yeah? Was he, 92, uh, 93? Uh, I think he's just turned 90. It's either 92 or 93. Yeah. We did something yeah. cool when he turned 90. And I got to think we were the only TV shows in the world that did this. We devoted a uh, half hour VP and a half hour reviews on the run to all of our favorite Stan Lee oh, moments cool. and memories. And interviews. Yeah, we interviewed him like, what, three or four times at yep. least. And then we had lots of people from the industry, all, the video game and the comics and the toys and movies talking about Stan Lee and, and wishing here's, him a happy birthday. Here's, so how cool. Cool, here's how cool Stan Lee is, is that when I launched Video Games Live, uh, I started the company back in 2002, but I really launched it in 2005, which is the real reason why eventually by 2007 i i had to leave yeah. uh, ep and reviews on the run because i just couldn't we were doing two tv shows 104 episodes a year yeah. and 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 in 2007 i was doing like 55 video games live i just couldn't you know do the didn't have enough time but this is how cool stanley is i i have his email address right and 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 for the record uh he's on aol uh, and I am too. I think, and I am, I think it's and you I and him. That's yeah, it. me, me and him are yeah. on AOL still. Yeah. Uh, and and so I emailed Stanley, and I I invited him to go to the very first video games live concert, which was in uh, uh, Jul July sixth, two thousand and five, at the Hollywood Bowl with the LA Philharmonic. And I said, Hey, could you come to my show? Because I had worked with Stan on the Spider-Man, the original PlayStation Spider-Man game, which was a really great game. Yeah. Um, and I worked with him for a week doing narrations and writing scripts and stuff. Um, and I asked him, I said, could, I, could you come to the show? And he said, yeah, I'd love to show up. And he came there and he sat right next to Vic and Elijah Wood. And, uh, and, that's how, and I'll tell you the other thing. I have a Spider-Man room in my house for the people who know me. And it's yeah. got, like, I have every Spider-Man thing ever invented, a whole room of Spider-Man. And, um, uh, and so I asked, I took a picture of it, and I asked Stan Lee. I said, uh, hey, I just want to show you my Spider-Man room. And he writes back, I'll never forget it. I still have the email. I printed it out, and I put it in the Spider-Man room in a frame, actually. <laughs> and he says, kid? 
you got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like him. And yeah. he doesn't even have that much Spider-Man stuff in his place. No, he does not. I love that dude, man. He yeah. is, uh, he, you know, I don't, I, I, I have some heroes out there, but he is at the top of my heroes. You know, he's yeah. just a guy that just never lost his youthful uh, attachment and to imagination no matter, and no building and dreaming. I love it. And no matter how much money he made, he always wanted to be accessible to the fans. I mean, yes. here's a guy who's worth literally hundreds of millions of dollars, yes. and he'll still show up at some small Comic-Con and, and, and sign autographs for five hours. Oh, he's I mean, amazing. Come on. He sent us, a, at EP, he sent us a Christmas card one year that no. was a 70s Spider-Man Christmas card, and he wrote everybody's wow. name yeah. in there and uh, framed it, man. It's just... It, it, Beautiful dude. I love that guy. You know, it's amazing. It's amazing to watch him uh, watch his creations become the, the biggest things in the world. Well, know? here's the thing, though, that people got to remember, too. And me and you, again, we know this because we were there. Yeah. But in the in the even in the mid 90s, no one knew who Stan Lee was. Oh, I know. Marvel didn't care about. Dude, remember I mean, we they were going out of business. From Toy Fair to to Marvel yeah. with the president of Marvel, and like they were worth a hundred million bucks then. You and know, they were about to go out of business. Somebody could have bought everything for a hundred mil. That's everything. Right. And me and Vic meet the meet the. We had done an interview with the with the president of Marvel at the time, and we and me Vic and him. He's like, yeah, come on, let's go to Marvel. And we walked through New York City with the president of Marvel. It's how accessible. Yeah, people were back then. It was Bill Jemis and 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 Bill Jemis as that. and yeah. we were in the bullpen and we were talking to every. I mean, everybody was just there and and Stanley. No one even knew who Stanley was really, except That's for amazing. the super hardcore fans. Now it's like this billion dollar industry, oh, they're, and they're you know what they deserve it, man. They're killing it. Like honestly, yeah. you look at that track record of these movies. Like, what did you think of Age of Ultron? I even liked Ant Man. Are you kidding me? I loved Ant Man. Yeah, I was. Yeah. It was the I, same I thing. The, the first time I didn't like it as much. Saw it again. I liked it a lot more. I, I thought the casting was a little weird. I didn't like. Uh, it was. I like the story. I like, but I thought the characters who they, the actors who they chose to be the characters, I thought could have been better. Yeah, that's right. a fair comment. But, okay. um, but it actually, it included uh, Evangeline. Role. Evangeline was in that movie from the Judgment Day. You, yeah. you may you may know her from uh, Judgment things like Judgment Day and Lost, <laughs> but, and and Lord of the Rings. But but we know her as the JD girl. And I was auditioning her to be a host, right? You know the story on because she was great. Like she was so smart, and I always felt so embarrassed. Uh, you know, saying okay, put on this crazy T-shirt, and then we're going to put a fan on, and you're going to pretend to. Uh, you know, play White. with these controllers. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and she was way smarter, but she was great at that gig. And I thought, okay, I've got to, this is ridiculous. You, you would be an amazing host if you're into this stuff. Let's do a, an audition thing. And I actually have an audition tape of her and she was <laughs> wonderful. I don't Have I told you this? She, no. uh, I didn't know that she got lost. I didn't know that she was on lost. And, uh, I was calling her agent to book her again for judgment day. And uh. she and he said, uh, uh, and, and reviews. He said, uh, "No, he she doesn't do any uh, non-union stuff anymore because we're you know right. we're a low-budget non-union show." And uh, and uh, I thought, "Oh, she must have got some cool commercial or something like that." And Marcy and I were on a flight, I think, to Toy Fair or something like that. <laughs> and I'm reading a Newsweek, and there's a full-page ad of of Lost with just her, and I'm like, 
holy shit, man, she's she's huge. She's in a, an ABC TV show, and I, I I couldn't believe it. And that that's and she's so good too, which blows me away. Is that she took that and ran with it? She was awesome on that show. She was great in Lord of the Rings. She's great in. Uh, uh, Ant Man, I can't wait to see how she uh, pulls off the Wasp now because they're going to make a sequel to that. So, oh, right, amazing, yeah. Cool. Uh, Katsumi asked how many guitars I have. When I I travel with ten guitars uh, when I'm in North America. When I do outside of the U.S., like China and Brazil and Europe, I only carry two with me: an acoustic and an electric. Yeah, uh, but I have a total of I think thirteen or fourteen guitars, but I travel with ten of them. Okay. In, in the US and Canada. So, uh, let me see. Oh, Joe Hallam asks, how, Tommy, how often do you refresh your VGL playlist? Every show. We've done, we're actually in the Guinness Book of World's Record as the longest running touring symphony show. Um, we've done the most shows. We actually surpassed Bugs on Broadway, which is amazing because they've been around for like 30 years. But we've done more symphonic video game, oh, sorry, more symphonic shows as yeah. a tour than any other in the history uh, of the universe and we're in the Guinness for that but I've never played the same show twice ever so we have over uh, 150 segments that I've created now for video games live over the last 13 years and do you still uh, have we, uh, do you still have Zelda and uh, the Mario well, the ones that I cut well, we still have those, and we'll play those once in a while. Yeah, but we have yeah. like five different Zelda things now, and four or five different Mario things. But yeah, we, but Vic and when I first started Video Games Live, like I said, we we're still working full time with Vic and everything. And so the whole first show uh, of Video Games Live at the Hollywood Bowl was cut. Vic personally cut Mario and Zelda yeah. uh, himself, that and was then awesome. his team cut the whole show. But uh, yeah, we still play those. Yeah, for sure. That was surreal to to be in the Hollywood Bowl and to see the video pieces that I cut and people react to them. You know, because I tried to add a little funny bit at the end of the thing, and yeah, totally surreal. I I have to ask about uh, you know we we did twenty five seasons of EP, which uh, it blew my mind. Um, and, uh, I think we had a really, really fun season last year, but we, uh, uh, we wrapped up the show and there's been, of course, not only is it 25 seasons, it was a dream I had in 1995. So it's 20, 20 years, 20 years. Of, of electric playground. What is your fondest memory of, uh, working on the show, working with, with me or working, you know, the coolest segment that you did, or what do you think back on and, and reflect on with a smile? Well, it's interesting because when I think of, like, when I do video games live and, and we do the meet and greets after the show, the thing that everyone always brings up is the high heat baseball review <laughs> and having the zero and this and that. So, so like, that's become, like, a part of my, so ingrained in my memory. At the time, it wasn't, you yeah. know? But now that I've seen it so much and it's probably the most watched review that, that, it was ever done on reviews <laughs> probably but uh, so many people know about and comment on it um, and by the way I can tell a little side story before I answer the question um, the funniest thing about that review is that I, I think you were with me Vic I don't remember but like the next e3 that happened I believe me and you were at a party yeah the producer of the game <laughs> 
came up to me and talk about awkward and yeah. he's like, oh, I'm the producer of high baseball. I saw you, your, your review. I'm like, Oh really? <laughs> and he was, and he was kind of like, dude, you were brutal. And I'm like, well, he goes, yeah, we had it coming. <laughs> he knew, <laughs> he knew. But uh, anyway, so when I think back, uh, that's a great question, Vic. Um, I think of one of one of my fond memories is when we did those Halloween episodes and we dressed up. Uh, I remember uh, cow udders. I remember clowns. I remember camel asses. Um, <laughs> I remember, uh, you know, shooting in that big uh, place we shot. Uh, yeah, the uh, it was it's in uh, Richmond, BC. Cannery. Yeah, what the hell? Oh, Cannery. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Awesome and location. What, and by the way, me and Shannon uh, are huge um, Once Upon a Time fans. Oh, cool. So it's like they show that, uh, where, where is it? it Kit, In Steveston? Isn't it Kitsilano Beach? Or the, 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 yeah, Steve. Wherever they shoot the show, it's where we used to shoot all the time. Like, That's we, hilarious. We shot there. We shot there. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, the... Uh, yeah, so I mean, dressing up was always fun. Year one, um, season one was always, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. I mean, we didn't know really what we were doing too no. much. We didn't have any approvals or permissions to go to the places. I mean, the game companies let us in, but yeah. where we would shoot, you know, we never had permission. It was just run and gun. And, and, and Scott Barrett... Uh, and Torben, uh, one of yep. the producers, and um, oh gosh, uh, glasses, John, uh, John Shaw, John Shaw. Mm -hmm. uh, the five of us uh, were really um, God. Am I missing somebody? Of course. Well, Aaron and Tavis yes. were the guys back in the studio yep. who are still with Vic to this day. Um, 25, 20 years later, that group of people, that seven or eight people uh, first all I can just remember sitting in a room and, and, and talking about, you know, putting the show together and funny ideas. And we didn't have any budget. We didn't have any time. We didn't have any permissions, but every week a, a new show would be churned out that had, that was magical. And that was ahead of its time. The yeah. graphics that we were doing, we were doing lightsabers. Now anyone can do lightsabers, but back then every single frame of animation had that to be drawn on a lightsaber. Yeah. And now it's so easy to do with tracking and stuff, but we were doing stuff. And I remember George Lucas, they showed our yeah. stuff at a Lucas meeting with George Lucas there and they were people at ILM were impressed knowing that we didn't have their oh, software. Thomas we got a call from ILM, our, our graphics guy. They were, uh, they were talking to him about possibly moving down there. He should have took so, the job. I, I was so glad that that didn't happen. <laughs> but, but yeah, he was amazing. And I think that, uh, you know, that's kind of the, the roots of why, it's persisted, you know, I think that's, and, and kind of what G4 lacked a little bit. You can't orchestrate this stuff. You can't, uh, well, it's passion. It's yeah. Passion. You can't fake it. You know, like the viewers are way too smart. You know, they, they need to see, I mean, the, the, the direct analogy is, uh, in Canada, we had much music right. and much music only succeeded in the face of different uh, you know, competition from MTV in the States. 
because people gravitated towards the VJs who were obviously huge music fans and knew what they were talking about and they could speak to the camera very down to earth and and uh that's what we had you know like we we had a a show that was full-on made with love and uh uh and we you know we felt very lucky to be able to do that and and uh it's always been baffling to me to watch other crews in the video game space kind of complain about the grind of it you know and and complain about the uh uh you know the the amount of stuff that they have to shoot at at uh e3 or something like that you know and I, I I've always felt now I've been to 21 E3s. If anybody has the permission to say, okay, I need a break from E3s, <laughs> it's it's me. But I've always felt so fortunate to get any opportunity to be invited to any of these things. And and I've tried to instill that in all of our um uh, you know, on all of our hosts. And also to be invited into these studios, you know, like we uh uh we sometimes push the envelope. We sometimes got uh, people almost fired because we would be running through their hallways with swords and shit like that. But I think uh, what happened is people would see the end result of our crazy zany sort of, you know, yeah. And they would love it and they would go, Oh my God, you guys are insane. But you know, thank you. You, you built something really fun that we'll never forget. Also important to note too, when the very first E3 happened in 1995, Vic was the only guy there with a freaking camera. That's yeah. how ahead of the curve. Now you go there, there's literally thousands. I actually know there's there's six, seven thousand press and media people register for E3 every year. Yeah. And so back then there was one. <laughs> well, they uh, had one, the, one with a camera. One with they, a camera. They had, they had local news would show up because it was a big video game event, and they would stand outside right. or they would do little reports and stuff. But that, I mean, that's that's what blows me away today, right? Like we were alone back then on television, and in 2015 alone on television alone. Yeah. right now we are not on television you know and, and i'm talking to people to uh, uh hopefully change that so uh keep your fingers crossed but subscribe to this channel to help us out with that uh but i, I still firmly believe that that sort of uh and it's not that tv is better than youtube or, or online video or anything like that i think you you do it all but i i believe that video games should exist in a a very powerful passive medium like TV. People should be exposed to games and conversations about games without having to go online to search for them. And that's been our uh, that's been our our magic bullet for so long. Is people would just discover the show. We never had money to to you know hype the show or promote the show. We've never had billboards or bus ads or anything like that. But people would yeah. find it on TV and they'd go, "Well, this is this is really fun, and I like these guys." And well, they, they look like they're having fun. I'll say something that I'm probably not supposed to say, but I don't give a shit, um, is, is that on G4, you know, the thing about TV shows is that that's really important is that, you know, like Big Bang Theory, you know exactly what time it on, it's on and exactly yeah. what time of day it's on, yeah. right? Well, you know, me and Vic, you know, the shows that we were doing on G4, we weren't, we were the only shows when they first started the network and I think forever, we were the only shows video game related that weren't owned by G4. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, we so, were the longest third party partner that worked with them. That's right. And yeah. so they always wanted to push their shows that they owned and yeah. controlled. Yeah. Uh, and we, me and Vic were the only ones who weren't in house. We weren't 
there. We would just produce our show and give it to them. And so we never had a time slot. We were like always all over the place. Whereas all their shows, you exactly knew exactly when X play was on. You knew exactly when cheaters was on and whatever arena and all that. So, but (laughs) we actually saw the, uh, we saw a couple of the ratings sheets, which is like this kind of top secret hidden thing that they never wanted to show anybody. Uh, and we got a hold of some of them and our show, even we though we never well. had a slot, we were always number one or two. Yeah. And, um, and so that was kind of, you know, really interesting to, uh, bar, Oh, barcode teacup says, this is so great. You guys need to do a regular podcast together. Well, there you go. Well, you know Take what? Care. This is this was an experiment. It's Take very care. easy to do. You know, while I'm on hiatus uh, with with television and with uh, financing to do a whole bunch more stuff right now, this is uh, definitely something that I could see us doing a little bit more of. And you know, what'll be interesting is the kinds of fucking backgrounds you'll have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm in my studio now in San Juan Capistrano, Orange County, California. Yeah. Um, hey, I got a question for you. Uh, so out of all of the, uh, crazy, <coughs> obnoxious shit that I did throughout yeah. the years on the show, yes. what, what was the, th- was there something that like surprised you even that was like, I can't believe he just did or said that? Uh, you, you know, I learned so much from you, man. Like I learned to in- enjoy that moment in front of the camera because mm-hmm. I was, you know, I, you and I talked about this all the time. We, we, uh, I really looked at the show when I began it uh, as a show to honor the people we were talking to. You and know? I kept and, telling, hey, Vic, I was, Vic, come on, host the show with me. Yeah. I don't want to do that. No, get the hell out of here. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, and I watched you perform and just get into it and sort of not only, you know, be a, a source of energy that everybody would be watching, but also you would engage the people that you were interviewing in some really fun and dynamic ways. And I saw that, yes, okay, I've got to up my game. You know, I've got to feel more confident and which is weird because I was an actor, but I was never an actor that was trying to showboat. You know, I wasn't a song and dance guy. I was just, uh, you know, I, I, I try to play for real, you know, and I thought that being an interviewer meant that just to go off and, and sort of push the the camera towards the person that I was talking to. But those conversations can be really dry if you don't really kind of juice it and, and uh, sort of own the, the, the position. And, you know, I'm, I, I'm not a goofball. I'm not, I'm not a, a zany dude like you, but you certainly helped me to understand my own place and my own value and my own uh, kind of strengths in front of the camera. And what's funny is that I didn't re- ever really think about me as a host until season six, until uh, uh, Discovery did a focus test, and they and they and they they came back to me and they said a lot of the viewers really like you and want to see yeah. you in the in the show more. And I went, oh, okay, that that's amazing. And uh, uh, and then so starting from season seven, we started to co-host a little bit more, and I think those engagements were really fun because then Wasn't we took our, our, pardon me. It was season six or seven when that first started. I thought it was you were like we were hosting together like from season three or something. Well, we were reviewing all the time, but oh, I we was, were reviewing from okay. Yeah, and and uh, I probably threw to some things, but you were the primary. You were the. Uh, oh, I, I didn't the know it was for that long. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't realize it was for that long. Yeah, and then what happened? I think is 
because reviews was always the thing that everybody talked about. It was a great way to end the show because usually you and I would get into a fight and everybody would be laughing about that. <laughs> and so when we brought that energy and dynamic to hosting and did our silly things with, with Tavis's stunts and effects and, and uh, the great cutting that Aaron and, and the team was able to do, you know, I think we built a really fun, entertaining. And Scott, Scott Barrett had a lot of crazy. And Scott was crazy too. He was. Know uh, this guy to, to, he's yeah. he's he's like in real life, like crazy guy. Yeah, like and very awesome. successful commercial di uh, director, editor. Yeah. Now, what's he doing? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Too, making tons of money doing. Yeah, uh, he's, do he's, he's doing well. Always knew he would. Um, yeah. but. Uh, in terms of stuff that I was, I just loved co collaborating with you on the spot and coming up. Like I remember our Evil Dead thing where we had to uh, do the crazy Sam Raimi, uh, where, I, where were we heavy iron or something like that? Oh, we had to do, yeah, 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 yeah. We did the Sam Raimi crazy camera all the way through the studio kind of thing. And then you were running around and the chainsaw was involved and people's oh, limbs blood and stuff everywhere. Yeah. everywhere. And it was bloody as hell. And we we're like, is anybody going to say anything about this? Because <laughs> we're just going to put all this CG blood everywhere. Every, no I, bet, I bet you couldn't even air that episode these days. There's probably some restrictions. You'd probably get letters. Uh, well, what happened with EP is, well, A, we don't, a, when we went daily, we, we don't have the time to invest into each yeah. segment like that. And, yeah. uh, but we also went later at night. We actually had a great slot with, uh, with City where we played against the late news, which was amazing all stuff. across the country. So 11 o'clock, I think we'd be fine. And TV is incredibly violent these days. I don't know if you're watching any of these, some pretty heavy shows out there. I know. But I remember that Evil Dead, and I remember, um, of course, the Braveheart review at IDOS, which almost got uh, Heather Hawkins fired. She was so nervous by the Why? end of that thing. That Greg was, Rizzer was yeah, there, and you stabbed him. Had the whole, yeah, we literally had the whole IDOS uh, company, like, you know, going down the halls, screaming and yelling. That was and I, and I loved the Obi-Wan review that you did with Dan Connors, who went off to be one of the founders of Telltale. And uh, you were the clumsy Jedi, and you were <laughs> just walking through burning walls, and, and Dan was getting so frustrated. He's, like, trying to lead you everywhere. I loved all that stuff. You know what, though? It started with Doug Tenaple. You know, there was a couple of yeah. these marquee things that happened at the beginning of EP where I, I looked at the stuff on screen, and I went, yep. Yeah, we have a show. This is yeah. absolutely going to work. And that was and, that was season one, show one. That uh, was, yeah, I think that was, was two actually. It. Was that, that was, two? Yeah, I think that was in two. And uh, um, uh, Chris uh, Taylor from um, uh, Total Annihilation. He was at Barking Dog Games, I think. Uh, he was in episode one. And I watched his interview and he was so, he's a really funny, engaging guy, you know, and I just watched him talk and he's so intelligent. I watched him talk about his game and his crazy creation. And I, and I, I knew that this was going to be fun. You know, these are really interesting people with really cool projects and nobody knows shit about how this stuff gets made. We are going to make a really fun series of these kinds of uh, you know, stories and interviews. And then when you got thrown out by Doug Tenaple and he was nuts, he was so funny uh, in, in that piece when we visited him for the neverhood, that took it to another level. It's like, oh and my God, we are going to be able to have a lot of fun with these developers. And having the relationship with these folks kind of like out off the cameras, the, the best, the best interviews I thought were always 
when I knew or you knew the, yep. the people before, you know, we were friends. Like me and Doug worked together for years on Earthworm Jim and yep. Jungle Book and all the games we worked on together. So I was now coming into his world, which a world that I kind of knew. And that was always the most awkward thing for me was I had to ask questions yeah. that I knew the answer to. You know, so I, I, I tried, I didn't want to ever come off as phony, but it's like, so how do you do this and that? It's like, well, yeah, we just did it together yesterday. But yeah, let me let me ask you the question again for the audience because that, that well, was always a, you know. yeah. And that was an interesting thing that happened with the show too. When we got to Discovery Science in two thousand and one, we'd already done five seasons of EP, and we had this shorthand down. You know, like we just assumed that the the uh, the viewers were going to keep up with us, and we were just going to talk about the minutia in these games, and we knew all the people in the business already, and we'd had lots of developers on the show. And we were sending stuff to Discovery, and they were like, can you guys just like slow down for a second here? Can you explain a couple of these things? Like, you know, what are polygons and mesh maps? And I don't even know, like all these these different terms that were being bandied about. And, and uh, but they, they loved the show, which was really cool, you know, and that was a really amazing catalyst to uh, working with G4 and, and uh, that led to our Rogers relationship. Mm -hmm. So we, we were able to, to reinvent and kind of uh, rebuild a few times, uh, you know, because the media business is not easy. But uh, I think it's just based on the strength of, of this fun concept, man. I, I really believe that, that, you know, getting out into the world to talk with these developers and covering them and getting into their space and maintaining that sense of fun and that sense of passion for this is is uh, really needed and really an important part of the video game space. I don't think that it's, you know, it's going to be great if it's only YouTubers and streamers that are celebrities in this, in the game space, you know? So uh, here's that, a... Go ahead. No, I say JVJ Blaze yeah. uh, says, uh, do you enjoy Tommy getting peeved off during the review because he disliked the game? Is that your purpose in reviewing games with him? for his Tom Mighty Rage. Uh, uh, well, I, well, go ahead. You go first. I, I, I mean, I think the thing that we wanted to cultivate is just like we, we're just our – maybe it's heightened a little bit because we have to play <laughs> back to the camera, but it, we're representing the people that we are, you know? And, and I, I really kind of noticed that a lot of the other outlets that, you know, I'd grown up with, uh, the other magazines and the websites that were starting to pop up when we were making the show um, really kind of took the focus away from the individual. That's starting to change now because everybody does have a camera. Yeah. But I really wanted the individuals of, of EP and, and reviews and Judgment Day to kind of be known and have their opinions be known and, and have that discussion, that natural discussion be uh, organic and truthful and the biases needed to be kind of on display because we each have our own you know likes and dislikes and i think it's ludicrous to expect a critic to just be a generalist and just be into everything and try to ascertain whether a game is for an audience the game is for that person and your ref your score reflects your personal score and, right. and the, the job of us reviewing and hosting shows is for you, you know, the viewers to kind of get to know all of these idio idiosyncrasies that we have. Well, and it's just, it's two friends talking about video games. And yes. that was the thing that I thought was the, the best part of our chemistry is that it's just, 
we're doing, we would do on camera what every single other gamer does oh, yeah. in their own home. It just happens that there was a camera in front and, and you know, it was broadcast to 100 million people. But for me, I can say that what we, me and Vic would never talk about a game on before they hit the camera because we didn't want because we I mean at some point we knew towards you know towards the end we had known like oh I know he's gonna love this and I'm gonna hate it or you know vice versa but you know there was always surprises always yeah. surprises but um, but we never would talk about it beforehand because what you saw on screen that was our natural first reaction to each other yep. now did I purposely say things um, <laughs> Because I knew it would make him feel uncomfortable. Absolutely. <laughs> Every time, my, yeah. My goal <laughs> on the show sometime was what can I say that will make him feel awkward and un uncomfortable? What can you put down your pants? Because that to me was funny. And, and yeah. to a lot of people who are watching the show, it was funny because you really would get embarrassed and you really would be shocked. <laughs> of course. You really would be. You know, that I, was no I act. played the dad like, on the show for Christ's sake. And I played the bad cop. And <laughs> and what's funny is, is that some people, like when, when the show was happening and everything, there were a lot of people who like hated me. You know, because yeah. they're like, you're such a punk ass, blah, blah, blah. You hate this. You hate that. You know, I played up stuff, you yeah. know, on purpose because I wanted to get a reaction out of Vic because when he got uncomfortable, it was real and it made for great TV. Well, so, and I always used to say to you, too, because you would get upset and you and, you and I would, you know, send emails <laughs> back and forth and you'd be like, fuck, they, they hate me. You're, why is this this guy all up my ass right here? This is ridiculous. I remember you used to get involved in the forum discussions. Oh, sometimes. yeah. Oh, that was great. Say, Dude, what are you doing? They're, that's exactly what they want you to do. Oh, I, I troll, man. I, I, troll. Would try to, <laughs> I would try to take you down off of the ledge and say, look, it's the same thing with Howard Stern and, it, you know, anybody that's got a controversial voice out there is a target. Same thing happened with Scott, too. You know, like it's the uh, it's the way of things, you know, and if you are picky and you have biases and choices, I mean, the thing that's true with me is you know, I created a show about video games. So clearly I have an unhealthy obsession with a lot of video games. You know, right. I didn't just look at it and go, well, I'm going to make a sports video game show or I'm going to make a show just about Japanese RPGs. I love a lot of games and that is reflected in the way that I review. I love a lot of these things that come out, you know, and clearly they've inspired me so much that I wanted to, you know, move my whole life in this direction to build this show. So who, you know, and I, I think if you were reviewing with me and you had, you know, very spe specific tastes, like I remember you not liking uh, star Wars Knights of the old Republic, uh, that's cool. I mean, it's that, that's you represent a huge section of the audience, and you should be able to just say that. You know, even if it's a now it's Metacritic. Now everybody goes off of these Metacritic scores, but even if it's like a general all-purpose review score that everybody kind of assigns to something, that's BS. That's not yeah. value. The value is in the conversation and the the, the connection and the dynamic of that conversation. And I learned that working with you. And, uh, you know, I, I know that there were definitely some some hurtful comments out there, but you should, you know, and I hope you feel proud because you were unforgettable on the show. You know, people still ask about you all the time. And so much of what you and I kind of built as the template of that conversational tone 
shifted to everybody else, every other review team, everybody that I worked with, but every other review team, they, they took on a lot of those best practices, you know, but nobody, well, think, uh, nobody Scott, forgot about you. Well, I think Scott Jones said it best um, when he said that uh, Vic had to hire nine other people to equal one. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you've said it. And it didn't sound at all like an asshole when you said that. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's all my split personality. No, and you know what? I mean, I, and, and I am actually grateful in some ways that, you know, like I, I missed the dynamic and I was freaked out when, when uh, you left. I didn't know what the hell we were going to do. But, you know, clearly you had a business that was rocking. And I was, I actually, when you left, I didn't know what the future was for the shows. But I wanted to keep talking and keep trying and, and keep building. And I, I liked that. I had to kind of, you know, suck it up and and use my best resources to kind of embellish and build again. And and uh, we were very fortunate, knock on wood, to be able to to grow and hire lots of interesting people. And you know, I was uh, I had a, a crazy dream of one day this would be so popular that we could build a daily show. And when we did that in two thousand and eight, it was uh, insane. And the people that I I got to hire. I love them. They were yeah. awesome. You know, they were all fantastic group. They are all fantastic people. And, uh, you know, so it, it was, uh, some hard days trying to transition all that stuff, but I, I'm grateful for all of that challenge too. It's been, it's been really cool, but how is it for you when you watch the show? What do you think of, you know, the, the seven to eight to nine, I think we had 11 hosts across EP and reviews. Uh, honestly, cause I'm living in America. So I, I never really got a yeah. chance to watch yeah. the show yeah. after. Isn't that, crazy? Uh, Isn't that nuts that there's nothing. I mean, we had three years there where we had this great footprint down there, but, but our, uh, our sales guys just couldn't, and we were getting great ratings, but our sales guys just could not, you know, sell the sponsorships around it to make it a worthwhile business for us. And I had to kind of make the hard call. I mean, we had all of these stations that loved the show and was rating really well. But the uh, the people that we were working with, they hired the wrong stupid people and they just, they let us down. And of course, you know, I was way too busy making two shows a day to also sort of take in all of the sales internally to be able to make that work. But uh, it, it just blows my mind that this business and all of this sort of geeky culture that we talk about on EP all the time, has been in Canada pretty consistently for a long time, but not yeah. in the States at all. It's incredible. Yeah. Well, I mean, with, with online stuff now, I mean, anyone can really see it anywhere in the world now. So. Yeah. Yeah. What else? We, what other questions we got here? Give me a question. What do we got? Uh, I got a, any word on when EP daily will uh, return. I don't have any, any uh, statements or, or announcements or anything like that to make on that, but the best way that you can help us because uh, I want to bring the show back however we can, whether it's to television or the, the internet or whatever, uh, is to just subscribe to this channel, watch the content, you know, like it, uh, retweet it, embed it, whatever you want to do. But uh, that helps us a lot. Carrie Anderson asks, how do you guys feel about internet game reviewers like completionist, angry video game nerd, and others? Are they unprofessional, or is this where reviews are going to grow? Uh, you know, I've I've never been a fan of the video game media. Um, I I feel it's one of the spots that is still 
lacking in the video game industry. When you look at the film, uh, when you look at the genre of film or television, you know, they have like serious reviews and TV shows and magazines and it's, and, and, and journalism, what is journalism? Journalism is asking questions. Journalism is getting to the bottom of things. Journalism is not just taking a press release and rehashing it on your website and putting up a screenshot or some rumor or some negative crap or, you know, like this and that, like true journalism, um, which Vic knows about, um, is, is asking the question is doing stories on things is, well, you know, it's expensive questions. That's the, know? that's, that's the part of it is that it costs well, real and, money. And, it, and, and it's hard work. It's yeah. not lazy cut and paste and this and that. So to me, I've never thought that video game journalism is in a place where it should be. I think that's a, fa a fair comment to say. I, I think the video game industry is lacking in true video game journalism. So I've always been kind of like down about that. Um, but some, in regards to like There are some awesome news guys out there now. There are like Patrick Klepek and, and uh, uh, you know, some of the people from Polygon and stuff like that. They're really digging deep. But I yeah. think part of the problem is... Um, the business is really transforming and it's really tough to kind of, you know, con, tr, you know, follow these trends and sort of be ahead of them and, and know what people will want. And it's so incredibly competitive right now to try to get the clicks and, and uh, nothing is more disheartening to me than, than to go onto these sites and then they have at the bottom of them, what else is trending on the internet? And it's some child star picture of look right. at how awful they look now. And, yeah. all, you know, like really respectable sites have to kind of, you know, suffer that indignity of adding this garbage out there, you know, and it's because it's so incredibly difficult. I mean, what's happened is uh, the traditional advertising model around media has really bottomed out. And, uh, it, you know, people are just trying to get the traffic any way that they can. Uh, there's so much competition for all of this stuff. There are a lot of uh, paid for commentators out there that are kind of muddying the water a little bit too. Um, and it's, it, you know, I think we are moving back to a subscription type of thing where you you pick the outlets and the people that you really like and uh, you support them and you subscribe to them. Like we used to with magazine subscriptions, you know, we used to really like something and we would we would get behind them and support them. And I think uh, a lot of media companies are, are going to have to face that because the advertising way that it's all being paid for right now is is really tough. But I, the thing that I will say about the YouTubers and the Twitchers out there is that there is an honesty and a, uh, a, uh, a level of commitment to the, to the game and to uh, being com completionists and showing all kinds of secrets and details. I love uh, um, uh, the angry, yeah, the angry video game well, nerd who goes back in time and looks all, that's fun. He's, you know, he's that's funny, really fun. but what my favorite reviewer though is that guy What's Sorry for English? sniffling. I have a cold in it. I must sound gross. What's that English guy who does all the little animations? Oh, Yahtzee? Uh, Yahtzee! Oh, yeah, my he, God. Uh, yeah, he was I don't know if he's still doing it, but he, he, no, I really uh, enjoy him, too. Yeah. He was always my favorite. Yeah. Um, as somebody asked here, Sly, Sly uh, Sil, uh, Music. 
said, uh, what, character, what characteristics do you think are needed to be a music producer and entertainer uh, or entertainer in the gaming industry? Uh, mm. I, I would say what we were kind of talking about earlier is just being yourself. You know, for yeah. for the entertaining aspect, if you're gonna, if you're thinking about doing your own channel on YouTube or something I'm like blowing that, blowing my nose. I'll be right back. You're blowing your nose. He's blowing his nose. Okay, let's talk shit on him. He's not here. Um, so, isn't his head big? I mean, his head's like like this big on the screen. Like it's like that's like if we were to compare heads, like my head would be this size, but his head is like this big, and. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, and so uh, so to get into the industry, um, yeah, just being yourself. Well, you know? What shit did you talk about me while I was blowing? Oh, me? Yeah. <laughs> I've been talking about how to get me in, in the industry. Um, and so just being yourself. There you go. Yeah, totally. Excellent. Man, this is amazing. Thank you all for, for showing up. You want to answer a couple more? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple more. We, we'll, we'll, at 340... Uh, yeah, we'll do like, you know, 10, 15 more okay, minutes. We'll I got one right more. here. Yeah. Uh, hey, you guys need to give us a little warning about these live streams. Some uh, some are closer to my interest, so I would plan to see it live. Is there a way to find out about it in advance? Are you tweeting this stuff, Vic? I don't think I've seen anything. We This is our first one. I've never done this before, and it's uh, clearly kind of cool. I think it's working. And uh, please let, let us know either in the questions or the comments later. Uh, if you dug this, um, and we could do this again for sure, and I can connect with uh, friends like Tommy, and there's other people that I know in the in the you know in the game space and lots of other industries. Um, but yeah, I, I put it out. I put it out on our on Facebook. I put it out on our Video Games Live Facebook page. So yep. uh, check that out. And then my I have a page as well on Facebook, just Tommy Tellerico. Um, and yeah, that's the best place. And and Twitter at Tommy Tellerico or at Video Games Live. Uh, Brodiger says, Tommy, you are funny. Hey! I think great. she forgot uh, looking and a period, but oh, she got, she got, she got most of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, you are funny looking. Okay, no, Tommy. <laughs> yes, Brittany Rodiger, my good friend uh, up in LA. She's been to like every video games live show um, in the LA area. And uh, yeah, big, big fan. That's awesome. This one's from uh, Shyla. Uh, glad I am back in time to see this. Uh, how did you get into making music for for slash reviewing games? Would you still get into it today if you were younger? Ooh. Uh, and what characteristic? Oh, that was uh, the one you, I just read. I, I read. Oh, the okay, all right, okay. But yeah, okay. but but would I still? Get not, you didn't read the younger part though. You you well, I, uh, I, I skillfully. See what I did there, and now you fucked it up for me. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. Uh, okay, here, this one's from David Stewart. Loved watching you uh, both on Judgment Day. Were you uh, were your comments during the reviews, example, the review of Kirby Air with Tommy, saying he'd uh, stuff Kirby up his bum and fart him out, were those remarks scripted or on the spot? No. Every, <laughs> look, this is very important for everybody to know. There was not one single scripted line ever well, in Judgment Day and reviews on the run. Yeah, in the reviews. In EP, I would give you a script, and then you would take many, many, many minutes reading my lines. And then crossing everything out. Not doing any of this. And then you would try about 10 different things, and uh, then you would get back to what I wrote, but in your own way. And then we would shoot it, and we would complete that intro. That's <laughs> that right. That's so right. That was... That was that was for the intros for for electronic for electric playground, uh, but yeah, but the Kirby fart air ride thing, no, that was that was no, nothing was. I'll tell you what I would do when I would play a game, 
I would write down bullet points. I might think of something funny in my head, like Kirby, Air Ride. Okay, I got to tie in. And like I literally have my notes. Oh, and your note would be? Kirby, fart. fart. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. That, that would be it. So, I'm, I, yeah. so when I, before they turn the camera on, in my mind, I'm going, okay, how am I going to work farting into this? Now, and everybody, so, reflect on the, uh, the, this is the guy, like five minutes ago, was complaining about the hardcore journalism uh, that is, is, <laughs> hey, is not, missing in the video game industry. I never consider myself a journalist. <laughs> I, I never. I was just telling people what I thought of video games. Oh, and then the show was better for it. Uh, yeah. Let's say you knew you were going to die and say one year, oh, we're getting bleak here. Uh, what would you like uh, to accomplish or do as part of a bucket list? Um, Holy Christ, I've done a lot. Fuck, if I, if I knew I was going to die in a year, I'd want to spend every waking minute with my wife and my daughter, and that's it, nothing else. Um, what would I like to accomplish? I've been to every country. I've been to every place I've ever wanted to go, thanks to Video Games Live. Uh, what would I like to accomplish? Accomplish. Um, Kids are pretty cool. Yeah? Just saying that. All right. I'll get back to you. <laughs> yeah, but if you're going to die in a year, then you just, you nine months, you have a kid, you, you see it for three days, and then you're well, dead. Well, then you do that, uh, what was that, Mr. Mom or something like No, what was, what was the thing where, where uh, Michael Keaton had to make that video of all the things that is, it was so sad, but it was awesome. Remember that uh, one? Batman. Was, the original Batman. I, he was in Batman, yep, yep. <laughs> And Beetlejuice. No, that was, was that yeah. the movie? Beetlejuice. Yeah. That was the movie. Beetlejuice. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> Tommy, favorite Gamer Wars? Ah, Is Gamer Wars. from War. uh, Mega64? Yes, yes. Yeah, those guys are great. We've done, uh, we've done uh, well, there's five of them, um, but there's really only four because we purposely skipped four. We went right to five <laughs> because we thought it would be funny because we did like Game Awards one, Game Awards two, and then we did like Game or Game Awards four, and then it was like, well, what? Where's? And people are looking. We're like people will look for three because they're going to assume they missed one. Right. Uh, oh. so <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like those guys. <laughs> no, yeah, no, that was my idea. I'm going to take credit for that one. Um, the uh, uh, I think the first one was was the funniest. Because we didn't know what the hell we were doing, and and I had no idea what to expect from those guys, so I, I I'll go with the first one on that. But yeah, um, I had one up here. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, who oh, wait? So who'd win in an arm wrestling match? Tommy T or Scotty J? Who's Scotty J? That's Scott Jones. Oh oh uh, oh my God! Are you kidding me? I totally win. I'll tell you why. You now Scott him. Scott is bigger. Right, um, and 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 He's probably strong stronger. He's yeah. a stronger guy, but I'm a little Italian from New York, <laughs> and I got news for you. From the East Coast, I'm gonna fight dirty. So so while we're arm wrestling, right before we start, I kick him in the ding ding. Yeah, you would. I know. Or you and would bite I, his hand or something like that. I'd bite his hand. Um, I you know I'd, I'd say something about his mother or something to throw. <laughs> Psychologically, so I'd get in his head psychologically and then kick him in the ding ding. Um, but so I would cheat. I, I I would win, but I would do it dirty and cheating because he would really beat me. 
Uh, Captain Canuck says, how about Vic going on tour with Tommy and doing a review on the road in each city or on stage? Hey, hey, tell me yes or no. Did I not suggest I know. this, what, four years ago? I know. I said, Come I mean, on! The logistics on that, I mean, it's like it's the same as trying to corner you to play games so that you can review them. It's, it's uh, you know, I, when you're... Well, now, you're, now you have more time. So now we do. This is the, you, you know, we're catching up for the first time doing this. And, the problem uh, is, yeah, the reviews on the run, Tommy and Vic... And we're projecting on the Great Wall of China. Huh? That's incredible. Uh, does, does Video Games Live want to sponsor reviews on the right? Uh, we could talk about that. We could talk about that. <laughs> well, I, I like that idea. I mean, I've wanted to tour with the show for, I mean, we have because you were in LA and I was in Vancouver. And when we were weekly, we would have to yeah. kind of split the difference all the time. Either we'd shoot in LA, Vancouver, San Francisco, yeah. wherever the hell you were. Uh, I would usually come to me. I mean, we shot in Miami. New York. We had so many great adventures like that. Hold on. I got a beef here. Mr. Henry. Yeah. He says, you made Earthworm Jim 3D. That game was terrible and you should feel ashamed. Let me tell you something, Mr. Henry. He knows. We did Earthworm Jim 1 and Earthworm Jim 2. We had nothing to do. That was Viz over in Scotland. They were, it was Earthworm Jim. First of all, I agree with you 100%. Earthworm Jim 3D was the biggest pile of crap next to next to high heat baseball uh they completely lost you know everything that the, the humor and that was and it was so different and so crappy you could tell it was from a completely different team so we had no nothing to do with jim 3d but i totally agree with you <laughs> uh okay uh what do we oh, have? I like this one. Kasumi Chan says, if you could go back in time, what would you tell Sega to change the destiny of the Dreamcast? That's a great question. Um, Hi. I, guess I see the, <laughs> got the Kasumi Chan thing, you know. Uh, what was the volleyball game, my favorite game ever. Oh, man. Uh, Dead or Alive. Dead or Alive Volleyball. What a great game. I'm a, unbelievable. Uh, in a good way. It was, uh, it was great for uh, a minute in 2001 maybe uh so what would we tell sega to do the dreamcast i mean it was uh why did the dream i mean the dreamcast was a cool system but it just never did anything it wasn't as popular as the saturn you know i think it was just the timing of the system when it when it came out because didn't it the dreamcast came out like was it a year before the PlayStation 2 or yeah. was it the year after the PlayStation I, 2 launched in Japan in 2000 I think and uh, the uh, Dreamcast was 99 PlayStation 2 was much more powerful yeah so I think the timing that. of the system was where I, I think it was if go back in time I would tell Sega to, to you know to, to hold it a year and wait for the technology because I, I, rem, I specifically remember the timing yeah, of the Dreamcast near this PlayStation. Well, plus you know Sega didn't have the pockets that Sony did, you know, and and Sony right. was not going to let the PlayStation be unsuccessful. They were going to spend as much as they could, yeah. hundreds to, of millions. Yeah, to to bring developers to that platform, lock up exclusives, and uh, they were very very smart and kind of ruthless. And Sega was, you know, facing a lot of the same issues that Nintendo's got with trying to get third-party companies to put stuff on their machine. They 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 actually did a pretty good library of games for the the Dreamcast, and it was a successful launch. But right. they just couldn't compete dollar-wise with Microsoft and Sony. Hey, this is my first uh, podcast since the break, and I want to 
quickly talk about some stuff that that uh, was sent to me because it was crazy. I had a uh, an interview with uh, a guy named Adnan um, or Adnan, uh, and he sent a, a package, and it was uh, a thank you, and and uh, because I did the interview thing, and he sent some really cool toys and a, uh, a Star Wars Battlefront poster. Um, with a uh, an awesome wow. stormtrooper on it. Oh, cool! Uh, he's uh, an awesome dude, and uh, he sent me an adorable uh, Batman adorbs, which we'll I'll put up on the shelf over there. You can shove uh, that up your ass. I, I could do that. Uh, <laughs> if you were here, I would do it up yours. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, one of the Disney Infinity 3.0 figures, but it's the light up lightsaber thing. So that was cool. I don't have any of these, but now I do. It's an Obi Wan, which uh, rumor is. I don't know if you've heard this, Tommy, but uh, uh, Disney and Lucas are courting Ewan McGregor to come back for at least one Obi-Wan movie, That'd be which cool. I think that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, and then Loot Crate, out of the blue. Oh, you got Loot Crate? I don't, I don't get Loot Crate. I, I, oh, I never have subscribed to it, but they sent me tons of stuff, and I just got to thank them. because you get a Video was... Games Live shirt? We were in Loot Crate a couple months ago. Oh, really? That's awesome. Well, I got... Uh, some Star Wars pajamas as part oh. of their, their clothing stuff, which is it's got blueprints of. Uh, put them on now. I'm not going to put them on right now. Come I'll on. put on the scarf that they sent me though. Uh, it has blueprints of the X-wing and the Tie Fighter. I got a BB-8. Does the Death case. Star? Does the Death Star blow up on your nuts? Yes, it does. <laughs> and then then they I think this is the regular loot crate thing. I think yeah, it's pretty good. You can see That's it. That's great. Loot uh, crates. They yeah, it's really cool art, man. I I can't believe. I'd never opened one of these things, so I didn't know what the hell was happening, right? And uh, I, I like, there's a lot of great details. This is one of their Christmas t-shirt sweater things. Ah, that's funny. And it looks like Moon Patrol, which I love. Yeah. Uh, and then they have this really cool metal um, Halo ammo box, which is great. And inside, I found my favorite thing out of all the stuff that Lucas or that Loot Crate sent: uh, a, an exclusive. Han Solo in snow gear. Ah. I've already opened that up. Old Han Solo, my uh, uh, new favorite character. Yeah, in the Star his his hair is starting to turn your color. <laughs> Thank you. The uh, so that 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 tin you can put all your uh, coke and heroin and yeah, uh, all my coke and heroin. Yeah, uh, this there, is cool. So that'll work. This is uh, you know Alan Rickman just passed away, and this is yeah. kind of I, well, I love that man. I, was I, he in was Galaxy incredible. Quest? Yeah, he's he's amazing in Galaxy Quest. He's oh my so gosh, I, never, I, I don't think I've ever seen that. It's a great movie, and there's a little patch in there, and there's some BB-8 socks. I don't know how often I'll wear those, uh -huh. uh, but they're crazy. And then uh, there was a Star Wars exclusive one, which, of course, focused on all of the, uh, uh, the Star Wars craziness that's out there. This is my favorite part of that. It's a Star Wars scarf, uh -huh. which... Um, I, I kind of look like a billboard for the movie, but look at how cool yeah. that is. It has the Rebel and the Imperial stuff on there. You'd fit uh, right in on the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> Are the insignias the same with the First Order and the Resistance? Did they keep the Rebel Alliance thing, or did they change all of that? I, I didn't even know. Do you know? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know. know. Yeah. There's a Star Wars toque. Ruby wears that. She looks cute. Uh, we look like nerds when we walk around together. Like that. Uh, a... Uh, Republic um, bathroom bag thing, a BB-8 shirt. Thing. This is cool. This is a really cool thing. This There are Star Wars kid books inside of this thing from uh, 
Oh, wow. A little golden book. Golden books. Oh, my God. Golden books did Star Wars? You kidding yeah, me? Yeah, there's six little golden books in there. Oh, I, I, my God. Totally I haven't opened any of this stuff because I wanted to, to show off that, that this came. I want to I want to get those. I don't even have a kid, but I want to get them so when I have a kid someday. It's I'm gonna so get crazy, those. man. I know. Yeah. There's a... Uh, a, Mr. a Darth Vader, Mr. Potato. I've never liked the Mr. Potato things, and I keep getting yeah, them. Yeah, they're I, a little weird. They're a little I've weird. I've got an Indiana Jones one. I think I've already had a Darth Vader. Yeah, I'm not. Vader one. Don't dig those. No, this is cool, though. You the put Legos a, I can get into, but not the not the potato heads. No, you put a, a Kylo Ren, um, what are they called? They're me, uh, Metal Earth. You put a little Metal Earth sculpture thing together. So, And look at this, man. Look at the inside of this. It's ridiculous. It's a lot wow. of love. How, how, how much are those? They're, they're like what, 20 bucks a month? It's like 150 bucks. And they, there's, there's a lot of stuff in this thing. And it totally, and there's exclusive things like the scarf and the, and the hat. You can't get anywhere else. Right. Um, you got to be a big Star Wars nerd to appreciate that. What's on your shirt? What the hell is your shirt? Oh, I have, I have an Iron Giant shirt. I thought it was Iron Giant. You always love that movie. I love that movie. I, I want them to uh, revisit it. And then there's also a Call of Duty uh, Black Ops 3 loot crate thing. I'm telling you, I like I got totally spoiled at Christmas time, you know, it was it was nuts. And I, I bought a uh, Lego Millennium Falcon because, uh, you know, I was in Star Wars and, and Ruby and I put it together and we had a blast with that. That's cool. This is a uh, uh, Call of Duty hoodie and a bag. Wow. You wear that to church, that one. <laughs> That'll be I great. Can taking, I can wear it when I'm taking out criminals downtown. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, look at this, just bloody and gory. Yeah, yeah, that's cool shit. That's I, cool I think cool I have uh, what is this? A flashlight and uh, some earbuds and stuff. Lots Crazy, but uh, I don't. You know, I uh, I'm very spoiled in my job. I get a lot of stuff to check out all the time, but uh, I hadn't ever experienced a loot crate thing and. Got to thank those people for sending that. That was really cool. Yeah, Loot Crate's awesome. Yeah. Do you, so are you a subscriber? Do you get them every month? No, I, I, I don't. But but they we worked like Video Games Live. We'll work together. We'll do an exclusive CD or exclusive T-shirt and, you know, do that. So, you know, it's all part of that kind of geek culture stuff. So uh, we fit right in. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Great so company. when's your first working day? Are you off somewhere next year? Or next week? No, no, yeah, yeah. I leave on Friday. We're doing Richmond, Virginia. Wow. Uh, on Saturday, uh, next Saturday, and uh, we just did New Jersey, NJ Pack, uh, two weekends ago. And then after New Jersey, I come home for a couple of days. Then we play uh, Ohio, um, Toledo, Ohio. We've never played there before. We've played Richmond before. It'll be our second time there, but we've never played Toledo, Ohio. And then the craziness really starts. We're going to be down in Mexico. 10,000 people a night. We're doing Mexico City and Monterey. And wow. here's, a, here's a VIX basement exclusive yep. for those of you who follow it. But in Mexico, we're going to have the amazing uh, Maluka is going to be performing with us. She's the one who did that Dragon Board Comes, you know, the really a beautiful acoustic. Dragon uh, Board Comes? Is that what you said? Dragonborn comes. Okay. Yeah, okay. All over your chin. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, and then but we're doing a couple of shows in Mexico, and then we and then we're going to Malaysia. Wow. This is out the if February. Malaysia. Then we fly to Doha, Qatar. What so we're the, doing a show. In the, it's in the Middle East. It's right next to Saudi Arabia. Okay. Yeah, and then we fly to China. 
and do the Dota 2 championships there. 15, no, those 25,000 people in the stadium. Uh, and then we start our big European tour going to uh, Vienna, Austria, and Barcelona, Spain, and Madrid, Spain with the National Symphony, and all over Germany, and London, of course, multiple shows in London, Manchester. Uh, and this is like March. We're in, now we're in like the middle wow. of March. So it's going to be craziness. That's I'm really looking forward to it. So if anyone wants to come see Video Games Live, check out uh, videogameslive.com. Sign up to our mailing list. You will be in their city no matter where they are. At some point. At some point in yeah. 2016. Yeah. That's crazy. Dude. Oh, and also I want to announce this. I've never, this is an exclusive as well. We're, we're working on a fifth album, right. Video Games Live Level 5. And uh, we're going to launch the Kickstarter for that on my birthday. On my birthday is February 18th. And uh, but some of the songs we're going to be doing. Uh, we do Phoenix right now. Um, eco. We do this amazing eco thing. Oh my God, it's so pretty. Um, there's going to be a here to to work with the game companies on all the licensing and all that stuff. All of them except Nintendo and Square. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's there's still pains in the asses. Yeah. <laughs> I know I shouldn't say that publicly, but I don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah, Nintendo and, and Square are, uh, you know, they have their own video game tours now. Like, yeah. you know, we, you know, Video Games Live started it all, and, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, that's a good idea. I think we'll start to do that. Uh, and, no, you can't play our stuff anymore. Uh, or, no, they, they, they can't stop us from performing music, but... You know, licensing us the video is a different story. So, right, and Square have been a little uh, weird about that. Uh, so, yeah, but now there's like five video game concert symphony concert tours out there now. You know, uh, which is fine. Hey, for me, it's like you know the the what do they say? The highest form of flattery um, yes. is you started an industry imitation, uh, yeah. and that's great. And I love that uh, as a video game composer. I want there to be as many video game symphony video game shows period uh, as there are. But we're making a really big announcement about Capcom uh, coming in a in a couple weeks. Um, that that is going to be awesome. It's not video games live related. It's something new and something really cool and unique. Nice. Capcom's so been great. Um, so yeah, all the companies uh, have really been uh, really been amazing. Especially Blizzard. Blizzard's like the best. And Valve. Uh, but Blizzard is like the company that's just year after year. Is there a city really out there that feels them. like home when you go back to it? Brazil. Well, the country of Brazil and Chile. Those yeah. are two that are unbelievable. And actually in Montreal, uh, in, in Canada, Quebec, boy, the, the, the reaction that we get there is just great. Huge but gamers in, in Montreal, man. Absolutely. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's just louder. Um, but Chile and Brazil are the two best places that we play every year. Um, I mean, they just don't let us leave the stage. And they're cheering and they're screaming and they're clapping. Wow. The, the walls are shaking. I mean, if you go on YouTube right now after this, put in like a video games live chili audience and right. you'll see it on my YouTube channel and you'll see the crowd. It'll blow your mind. It's like, and, you know, and this just underlines, there's so much passion for this business and these all over the world, Yeah, all over the world. Why isn't there good content that's talking about that? I mean, there is, there's good, you know, teams and, and streamers and things like that. But uh, I, yeah. I, I feel like so much more could be done. 
you know, and uh, you're proving it out with with your tour of video games live, man. It's amazing. Hey, did you ever think about doing uh, EP or, or reviews on the run on like going to Netflix and asking them and do an exclusive Netflix thing? I've been talking to lots of people, you know, okay. lots of people. And uh, cool. yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff that seems really obvious and, and uh, you, trust me, I've connected with a lot of people um, and I'm, I'm having some really good conversations right now, but it, you know, I don't want to, like you brought up with us never having a time slot on uh, yeah. on G four or feeling like, like we were just a you know part well, now of you now you don't need a time slot. It's just <laughs> when it comes don't. out. <laughs> Absolutely, but if we're going to partner with somebody, I want there to be a real passion. Um, yeah, yeah, like they really want to help you know spread the gospel about what we do. You know, they right. want to be participants and and uh, real partners. You know. And not say I didn't have a good partnership with G four before, but um, yeah, it's the it, it, it's the blessing and the curse of being independent. We weren't owned, so we had a ton of autonomy to just create whatever we wanted all the way along. Um, but we don't really get the promotional support or the uh, you know the real platform kind of opportunities that that uh, we could have thrived with, you know. And Rogers, I, I think, was the strongest, most stable. Uh, partner for us for a long time but again we were in a uh, you know we were an independent show that we just delivered to them and they had a lot of their own sort of investments and very expensive uh, american shows that they paid for and breakfast mm -hmm. television and stuff like that so we never we never really got promoted we never we pitched them is, all the time but it, you know i can't we're still on in canada are we still on in canada no, no not right no, now no it's g4 still yeah Working. Yes, which is crazy. And do they do video game stuff, or no. is it? Like, it's all like cops and reruns of. Uh, it's a lot of reality TV type stuff. Yeah. It's, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there, okay. So you were the last video game thing on. Yes. For yep. Canada. God, yeah, they had Because uh, G four in Canada, like what three or four years ago, was still really cool. I mean, they had a lot of really yep. good video game content on there. So yep. all that went away then. That sucks. Well, and you know, I can't fault them because they did invest in us. You know, they did they did uh, try to make a real go with this, but mm -hmm. uh, their uh, their business changed. You know, they they spent billions of dollars on hockey, which was a very expensive bet, but a smart bet because Canadians love hockey. Right. Um, but suddenly, their their need for content really shifted to hockey related stuff. You know, right. and uh, I get it. I get it. I I. I have no ill feelings about our, our Rogers or our partnership there, but it, whoever we w end up working with, I really want them to, to go, Oh my God, you guys make really cool things. Let's tell everybody about it. You guys won't just send us a show and it'll get sort of put into a slot. Let's promote it every day. Let's make sure all of the stations and, and uh, all of the, uh, the ways that the, 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 you know, the word can get out are all delivered on, you know, right. So we'll, we'll see if that happens. That's what I'm trying to do right now. Cool. All right. Well, hey, thanks for uh, for having me on here. Very. This cool. was great, man. Very yeah. fun. Great experiment. I'm so glad that people tuned in. Thanks. What's thanks everybody the, uh, for watching. What was the What's the final count? Did we? I don't know. I think uh, it, YouTube will probably tally everything up, and we might get a few more comments and stuff like that. But uh, 
this won't be the last time that you'll be on. I'll bug you again about doing something like this. I'd love to do it where you're in some really weird exotic location and you've well, got a Wi-Fi easy. signal and we can pull that off. That'd be so cool. That'll be uh, easy. Well, not right. China though, because they ban, uh, they call it the Great Firewall of China. They don't the allow you, YouTube or anything. You have to get like a VPN and like sneak out under the wall. But uh, but somewhere, we'll do it in Europe or something. In Barcelona, right, well, on the beach in Barcelona. That sounds amazing. Let's stay in touch. And right. uh, brother, congratulations. 10 years of anything is a big deal. And uh, you proved it, man. Video Games Live is... is 13 years. 13 years. Well, we, our first show is in 2005. And it, so, yeah, t t uh, it'll be coming on 11 years of touring and 14 years since I started the company. Amazing, man. Yeah. Congratulations. All right. Awesome. Happy New Year. See everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for all the great questions and I uh, hope to see you guys on Facebook. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you everybody. And please click subscribe to the YouTube channel and uh, appreciate all your questions and your comments. See you soon. Rockin'. Bye. Bye.